This is all a game, man. And we really need to, to realize that, that it's not a win or lose proposition. It's this, you know, it's a fluid state and there's a big, huge continuum of, of what winning and losing is. We just need to start enjoying the whole process. I'm Mr. Newts and this is the Lifestylist Podcast. Before we get into this bombshell of an episode, I first must make an exciting announcement, and that is my wife, Allison, and I will be returning for the second year in a row to speak at the Modern Nirvana Conference Friday, September 23rd here in Austin, Texas. And for those of you who couldn't make it last year, let me tell you, it was one hell of a ride. So we're thrilled that it's time to bring it back for round two. And by the way, to call it a conference is to minimize what an epic experience this is. Modern Nirvana is a revolutionary, immersive workshop with not only speakers, but many consciousness-expanding experiential activities and tools ranging from stuff like breathwork practices to modern quantum energy and brainwave-stimulating technologies. It's pretty out there. And I think if you listen to this show, you will fit right in. And not only will Allison and I be there, but so will tons of other speakers and presenters like my recent podcast guest and one of my favorites, Guru Dev, as well as Dave Asprey and a slew of other incredible hearts and minds. So if you want to get your tickets, here's what you do. Swoop them up over at modernnirvana.com slash conference. And if you use the code Luke Allison, you'll save 15% off tickets. So again, get your tickets at modernnirvana.com slash conference. And the date is Friday, September 23rd. Okay, back to the business at hand. This episode, it's number 426, entitled, This is Your Brain on Nootropics, Supercharged Focus, Creativity, and Energy with Mr. Newts from the incomparable brain support brand, Newtopia. And my guess is that you're probably going to geek out really hard in the amount of info presented here today. So know that you can find all notes, links, and transcripts at lukestory.com slash newts, N-O-O-T-S. Our guest, Mr. Newts, otherwise known as Mark Effinger, is co-founder of what's become, frankly, my all-time favorite brain stack system called Newtopia. I discovered them through his business partner, Matt Gallant from Bioptimizers, when he handed me this mysterious black box last year in an event. And what I discovered when I opened it was the most impressive collection of nootropic products I'd ever seen, and I've seen a few. So, of course, I got to experimenting with them right away, probably too much, as you'll learn in this episode. And as of today, I got to say, they've become an integral part of my daily routine. Just such a game changer. So naturally, I had to track down the man who cracked the code on these formulas so that I could get to the bottom of how and why they work so well. And not only did Mr. Newt exceed my expectations with his expertise, but he also just turned out to be an all-around incredible guy. Smart, funny as hell, and someone who's been through many fires of transformation. My kind of people, and uh, likely yours as well. So if you're someone interested in upping your mental performance, creativity, focus, and energy, this episode is going to, well, uh, blow your mind. Here's a couple sample nuggets of the topics covered. The tragic story of his late wife's overdose and how it led him to begin formulating brain performance supplements, the most helpful nutrients for addicts and alcoholics, breaking down the neurochemistry of GABA, serotonin, dopamine, and other critical neurotransmitters, how mental performance helps us make better decisions in life, 
the external forces that compromise our ability to focus and how to overcome them, the downside of Adderall, modafinil, SSRIs, and sleep medication, natural solutions for ADD and ADHD. And we also, of course, do a deep dive into Newtopia's nine incredible formulas and their method of customizing each individual protocol. And finally, how Newtopia formulas can support microdosing of psychedelics and so much more. And check it out. I'm pretty confident that by the end of this show, you're going to want to experience some Newtopia stuff for yourself. So we've managed to snag you a discount. All you got to do is go to newtopia.com slash Luke Genius to get an automatic 10% off. That's N-O-O-T-O-P-I-A, newtopia.com slash Luke Genius, or keep it easy on yourself and just click the link in the show notes on your podcast app. All right, let's put our brains to work with Mr. Newts. Enjoy the show. And if you know someone who wants to supercharge their brain, well, by all means, share this episode. So I want to start, Mark, by asking you, as of today, right now, you flew into Austin to do this podcast. Thank you for coming to do so. Absolutely. What's the most exciting thing in your life, personally, professionally, or otherwise, right now? You know, it's great. Can I, can I say this? So this is the question I ask everyone from the bank teller to the girl in the grocery line is what's the most exciting thing in your life? A lot of people are so unprepared for that because, and you, but it makes them think, right? Like, oh, hold it. Is something exciting? Oh yeah. And you got to dig sometimes, right? But for me right now, it's one is this, this is amazing. The opportunity to be able to share the gospel of nootropics with people that get it who have meaningful lives and know that performance is a huge part of that one. And then probably number two is I've got this loving woman at home who is right now doing a bunch of formulations for me, cooking things up so that when I get back, we can tweak the, the stuff and create something new for you. So those are two oh, cool. really, really valuable things. Yeah. Well, I'm excited. Just for that. you. <laughs> Just for you. Luke. I love that. That's it, man. <laughs> well, you know, that question was somewhat spontaneous just because you're an enthusiastic person. I was like, I bet he's up to something cool. But it's also similar when you ask someone like, you know, what's your passion versus what do you do, right? Because oftentimes right. what someone does for their vocation isn't necessarily their passion. And it's funny often when you ask people that they do pause, they're like, huh, God, I've defined myself by what I do for so long in some cases that mm -hmm. what am I passionate about? So, yeah. yeah. I think we get locked into that. This is my, this is my somewhere between my 18th and 19th company that I've built since 86, 85, 86. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I've built two companies and I hear, I meet people like you and I'm like, uh, what, how do you do that? <laughs> <laughs> Building one company in one lifetime is a daunting task for some of us. So. It's, what's funny is that I love the mechanics of, you know, I love the startup phase and I love the selling phase. My, my, my former wife, before she passed away, she said at one time I was completely burned out. And she said, you know, you're really good at starting these things and you're really good at the exit. It's that thing in the middle that you don't like. Operations? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, man. Right? Yeah, not my favorite thing in the world. So you were, uh, were you in the Air Force? I was, six and, years. Okay, you're in the Air Force, then you get into bodybuilding. Mm -hmm. I've studied up on you, as, oh, yeah. as you can see. <laughs> uh, and then and I, I, I kind of wanted to set up the framework for what has become your passion and your expertise, but it's kind of a heavy point to start, so I'm just going to do it anyway, and you can sure. elaborate as much as you care to or not Dude, to. Dude, it's great. But you got into what we're going to be talking about today, which mm -hmm. is brain function, brain health, performance, and all that. 
partially as the result of your former wife passing away of an overdose. Correct. And I've heard you talk about that publicly, so I'm not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're, not broaching, you're not broaching anything. It's but what I did, what what I did wonder about that was, you know, how, how did you, aside from what we're going to get into, how did you cope with the grief of that? That was that's a great question. Um, one is I literally journaled it on Twitter, like it became my expression engine for that. The other was was I have I've got a, a deeply spiritual past. Um, my dad was a monk. He was a Trappist monk when he was 15 to 18 years old. So, and he, he actually kind of coached me into getting into Buddhism when I was very young. When I was, or at least exploring it. I didn't become a Buddhist, but I studied transcendental meditation. I had a coach when I was eight years old that taught me how to do TM. Oh my TM. God. <laughs> you had some good karma. I had some incredible people around. I mean, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. And I had a, I had a genius MIT Xerox Park uh, graduate at the end of the street that taught me electronics from the time I was five years old. Yeah, didn't you like invent a laser when you were a kid? I something? did a laser when I was nine and a half years old. I built a helium neon laser, like <laughs> building mirror mounts and having go, driving, riding my bicycle down to the local neon sign company, handing him a blueprint that I had drawn by, by hand and a ruler, and then a hundred and nine dollars and like seventy three cents in in you know in in bills and change. Going, will this be enough? <laughs> They call my dad and they go, is this kid real? And, you know, and he said, yeah, yeah, he's real. So, and then, you know, I, th I think they took care of it without charging me anything. So you think that you're being introduced to spirituality and meditation and just kind of having um, been acclimated to a bigger picture, maybe a bigger life view is what has helped you, you know, process through that grief and move on to become the really happy go lucky guy you are today. Yeah. And I think that, I had at one point gone through a very deep depression when she and I were married, early days of our marriage. And um, I, because I was, I was hypothyroid, and I was living in the Northwest. Those are two really bad combinations. You don't get any sun there, and, right? So your D levels are off and your thyroid is calcifying. And so I'd been through that. I knew what depression felt like and I knew what getting out of depression felt like. Like suddenly becoming hyper aware of who you are and your physiology and neurology and then being able to leverage that into businesses and things. So when she passed away, it wasn't instantaneous. It was a 10-year journey for her. Um, she had had a, our last child. All of our children were born at home. So a hot tub, a birthing chair for my son, and then a couch for my, for my daughter, who still works for us today, my youngest daughter, Livy. Shout out to Livy. Renegade the rapper. <laughs> uh, and, and so um, the, the midwife, Tish, my wife at the time, tore a little bit. They handed me snips to do an episiotomy. I said, no, I'm not changing my wife's vagina. I like it just as it is. And so um, she tore a little bit and they gave her four oxycodone. And I don't think we have to go to the Sackler family to know how bad that turned out for a lot of people. So 10 years later. Um, and, and the thing with those kinds of destructive meds, not saying that it can't be used responsibly, but not for most of us or for many of us, is that it's, it's a Band-Aid and, and the sore keeps getting bigger. It's infected. And, and as it keeps expanding, you try to find other things to, to try to cover it. And eventually it takes over your whole being, right? So I'm, I'm sadly very familiar, yeah. You know what I'm talking <laughs> yeah. about, right? right? Yeah, you and your business partner, Matt Gallant from Bioptimizers, who I'm sure we'll reference at some point, we both share that in our past and thankfully are couple of the guys left standing in the aftermath of addiction, you know, it's just, yeah. it's, it's a horrible, 
you know, I don't know whether it's a disease or what it is, but it's, it is something you're right that once you're in the grasp of it, doesn't get better on its own. You know, I've no, never no. met an addict or alcoholic that's just like, you know, I'm kind of outgrowing this. It's like, no. Right, right. If, you, if it's really got you, it's, it's really only a matter of time before it gets you into serious trouble, untimely death, or you have the divine provenance and opportunity to get out of it, you know, which is the case for, for myself, thankfully. Knock on wood. I know. You, isn't that funny? <laughs> Matt's, Matt's been, um, been clean for 13 years now. He just got his 13-year chip recently. And an amazing human being and one of my closest friends, but it, it's, um, he does reference it. He does let, you know, he lets me know that those are, those are things that could be dangerous. Those are things that we want to watch for. And we want to be careful because we're in the business of helping people to, you know, we're into biological optimization, right? That's our thing. That's what we do. And we do neurological optimization as well. And if we venture too close to the edge, it could be ineffective or negative, have negative consequences on people. And we want to make a monumental contribution to every life we touch. So the only way we can do that is to keep it on the level where it's as close to the human um, organism and as healthful and vital to the human organism as possible. We just want to make you better with what you already got and give you some of the tools that you need to make yourself better. So when your wife passed Mm -hmm. um, and you started becoming aware of or interested in compounds, molecules, et cetera, that could help the brain. Did you start out um, due to the impetus of wanting to help people that were in her position? Somewhere between 10 and 12 years old. My sister, Karen, my eldest sister, an amazing woman, um, had just come back from Woodstock. And um, she was young herself. I'm one of six kids. We were eight years total, six kids in eight years. So my mom was constantly pregnant for (laughs) most of a decade right wow god bless her yeah amazing she was great um but she um she asked me to to uh to come to her room and close the door and watch the door and then she wrapped a uh, a surgical tube around her arm a little bit got a vein up and then and so i got to see that live which is kind of it's kind of traumatic when you're you know i think it was 10 it was 10 um and it just kind of blows your mind about about what people are capable of doing. And I saw her eyes roll back in her head and she fell back on the bed and, you know, and, and had her trip. And I was watching the, the door so that parents didn't come in or brother and sister didn't come out, those things. You were getting trained in codependency, young yeah, Jedi. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, you're right, right? <laughs> A masterclass. Yeah, caretaking 101. Yeah, it was, it was pretty fun. So I'd seen that and I'd seen her journey through it. And then she, um, we found her on the street in, this, I swear this comes back to, to Tish. Um, is we found her on the street um, uh, dying of black tar heroin years later, decades later, 28 years later, um, in Portland, Oregon on Burnside, which is kind of like the main street that runs through Portland. And um, I think she weighed 85 or 90 pounds at that point. She was five foot nine. Um, you could see her veins and she was rotting from the inside out. And so we tough loved her. Each one of the family members took her in for a month to a year. and. Um, and just helped her kind of see who she could be and that we were unconditional love, addict or not, unconditional love. And then she tapped into Paramahansa Yogananda, right? Autobiography of a yogi. And, and that was kind of the catalyst that helped her to leap from that to non-addictive practices that were helpful, like meditation. Wow. You know, the kind so, of stuff I got to do when I was really young, yeah. thankfully. Yeah. You know, it's funny uh, that you mentioned that sometimes with, with us addicts, 
sometimes you just don't make it, right? And you never see the light. It's just right. not, it's not your karma or destiny. I mean, it's really, really sad, but I've watched people that, that have a shot at getting clean and they just, they just don't, they can't. It's like their ego is too fortified. There's this armor that you just, you can't get through to the real person behind that. Um, but there are some of us that just have one little seed like that and that, and that book. And I had a similar experience. Um, someone gave me a book called I Am That, which is a really dense text um, basically on non-duality. And I couldn't read it because it was, it was too dense and just too, it was just above my head and my understanding. Like esoteric at that point. Yeah, yeah. But that withstanding, there was something in that book that I knew was powerful and I knew was true. And that was, that was really the first seed that I had. Um, that uh, led me to the understanding that there's there's more to this life than our suffering, right? And that there's right. a way out. And that eventually led to a bunch of chain of ev- events that I won't get into. And here I am sitting here today, 25 years later, and never never went back into addiction, you know, thankfully. But uh, yeah, so so back to uh, to, to yeah, your, so, your wife and your sister. Right, right. So I, I, so I saw this addictive, I, I saw this thing that happens to people when they're in the grasp of addiction. And I think the grasp of addiction, which we've heard over and over, right? It's kind of a, a, a term, it's a, it's a meme at this point. It's true. It's like there, there's a thing holding you from being who you really could be if you weren't serving that other master. And, um, and so I knew that I had to do something. And back in the 90s, I had explored working with, um, with an acetylcholinesterase inhibitor which is a compound that basically keeps acetylcholine flowing in the synapse of the brain. And acetylcholine is the neurotransmitter for thinking and learning. So, um, and I, what my goal back then, in fact, I even said this on, on Dave Asprey's podcast. He said, well, why, how'd you get into nootropics? I said, well, I was Dirk Pearson and Sandy Sean, these old guys that used to do this life extension thing. And, and I was doing this stuff to get people off coffee. And I wouldn't realize that I was talking to, to the coffee man. <laughs> He's like, don't get people off coffee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It was pretty funny. But anyhow, and I saw the performance increase in this, this small group of Intel engineers. I said, wow, these guys really, really up their game by slowly, you know, titrating down off of coffee and upping their acetylcholinesterase, you know, inhibitor levels to the point where they were optimized. So they, they didn't need to be, they didn't need coffee to get the adenosine receptor activity going, you know, to block the adenosine receptor. So they felt wakeful. They were wakeful automatically when they woke up in the morning. And they didn't go through energy spikes and valleys, right? Peaks and valleys. They had this nice, calm energy level that was really good all day long. And a lot of them would told me that they could work until 10 or 11 at night and not feel fatigued. And then go to bed and go to sleep because they didn't have caffeine in their system. And have great dreams, vivid dreams. That's another advantage of acetylcholinesterase inhibitors. So I had been doing that stuff back then. And then I built a, a, a nutrition company around human growth hormone expression back in the 90s for a couple of years. I, I had a mentor who was um, University of Oregon, uh, PhD in, in um, neurobiology. And, and so he was a great mentor on that stuff. And then we fast forward 10 years later and Tish you know, is on the ground and the paramedics are putting a six inch needle in her heart to try to restart it. And, and so you're going, fuck, this is not good. And so from there it was, okay, so I played a, a little bit of the human growth hormone. I played a little bit of the acetylcholine game. I knew about nootropics, but they were kind of unobtainium. You could buy three months worth of a weird Russian experimental chemical, right, for one person, and but that's not something that's going to affect the rest of the life, you know, a, a lot of people. So I started experimenting with, um, with amino acid chelates and amino acid extracts. So pyroglutamic acid was the first one. So it's pyroglutamate and 
right? Amino acid chelate. And I realized that I could dramatically improve for a short period of time if I took it at night before I went to bed because it, it puts such an enzymatic activity in the brain. It puts such a, a heavy load on the brain that it would actually help you fall asleep. You would have pretty vivid dreams. You would wake up at a proper time, six or seven or eight in the morning. And then you'd be really great. You'd be really alert, really on your game for about two and a half hours. Then you just plateau and eventually fall off a cliff of performance. So I said, okay, that's enough of a, of a piece that I can grab that. So I started combining those molecules with other molecules, thinking if I could get the next phase of that, whatever that is, um, maybe I could create something that would have a positive impact on people that wanted to feel something more, feel something better. And maybe that would be a key to addiction issues. It wasn't a key to addiction issues. But what was, was as I kept going down this path, and for the first four years, I did 3,000 different formulations. And um, I was During able this to, time, did, did you have uh, like a... A job? Uh, no, you know, <laughs> yeah, that too. Did you have a home lab? I mean, I'm picturing like beakers and you in there with, yeah, the, yeah. with the white lab coat and so putting I, everything's together. Um, I had worked with a guy named David McGinnis, who lives in New Brunfels here. And um, David had formed a company called PRWeb.com. I had hacked his platform back in the early 2000s. And he had called me out on it and then asked me to be an advisor to his company because he'd noticed that I built and then I sold my companies. And he goes, would you help me package this thing if I ever needed to? And would you be an advisor? And your SEO stats, search engine optimization stats were off the charts and things. And so we worked together. Great, great guy, great mentor, great friend, super great friend. You know, as a company called newsworthy.ai doing news coupled with, with social media and coupled with influencers. It's really cool. So, um, and David said we'd sold a company for 28 million. And so he took a picture of a house that looked like a Frank Lloyd Wright type of design. And he turned around and he knew my aesthetic, right? And then he turned around and took a picture of the ocean. And he goes, he goes, um, I'm going to fly my jet down, pick up you and the kids. You can tell me if you like this place. So yeah, I built a lab there and started doing it. In fact, the lab took over the living room and then it started to like, it started kind of like migrating all over the house. And we had a recording studio. My son um, was heavy into music and, a, and his band. And so we had that going on, which was always an important part of my life, music. And um, yeah, and so from there, just doing these formulations, I owned a software company at the time with the founder of Century 21 Real Estate. And so Marsh Fisher was his name. And we built brainstorming software to help people think creatively. So Drew Carey used it. Um, Rick Warren, Pastor Rick Warren in Southern California used it. Um, and then we, you know, every technology company. I, I, this is embarrassing to say, but Hallmark writes their cards with my software. <laughs> really? That's funny. It's embarrassing. <laughs> That's funny. But you know what I mean? Reminds me of how many times I've been like, oh, I got to get a card for so-and-so and I go on a flipping through. I'm like, I would never say that. I would never say yeah. that. You know, it's like, <laughs> what would I say? Okay, I, get a, I end up with a blank card. Exactly. And I just, yeah. you know, so Shoebox Greetings actually came out with cards that only are blank on the inside, right? And so they had a cool exterior. It was just artsy. And then on the inside, you could write whatever you want. Yeah. And I still do that today. That's a, it's a main, main thing. But anyhow, so, so I had, a, I had a, a resource of almost 400,000 people that were really smart that used my software. Or at least a subset of them were really smart that used my software. And so I sent them samples of literally a blank test tube. Actually, it was like this. looked like this. A blank test tube with a powder that tasted like crap and said, mix this with water, take it, 
and tell me how it feels, how it makes you feel, and how you perform. And go to this link uh, on this database, online database, and use this database and, and let's get you um, and tell me what the results are. And so over thousands of these tests, we finally figured out that that the, the combinations of molecules was super important, right? And the ratios of the molecules and the percentage and the minimum Bible dose versus maximum potential dose, right? But more importantly was those factors combined with your physiology, the meds you're on, the vitamins you take, your meditation practice, your exercise practice, right? Your food and diet. And once we figured that out, that we needed to customize, that's when the aha moment came. This episode is brought to you by Danette May and Mindful Health, featuring Danette May's top superfood product from her Earth Echo Foods line, Cacao Bliss. To me, nothing feels better than being able to enjoy rich, smooth, creamy chocolate and knowing I'm doing something good for my body. And for me, it not only tastes good, but it satisfies my cravings for sweets and gives me something mega nutritious to add to my herbal elixirs and smoothies. I make a bunch of crazy concoctions with my cacao bliss, but you should know you can just add it to hot or cold water and it packs a powerful punch all by itself. It's made with ceremonial grade, sun-dried, 100% organic cacao beans, turmeric, MCT oil, coconut, Himalayan sea salt, cinnamon, and black pepper for the perfect blend of chocolatey goodness. It not only tastes like a dessert, but it's also awesome for removing your food cravings, facilitating weight loss, boosting your energy, and reducing inflammation. For the past eight years, Earth Echo has been a leader in the superfoods market and is proud to have served millions of customers worldwide, including yours truly. What's even better is that right now they're offering up to 15% off when you use the code LUKE15 at earthechofoods.com slash lukestory. That's earthechofoods.com slash lukestory and your code is LUKE15. You alluded to this, but we didn't go too deeply into it. Um, it's pretty typical that when an addict or alcoholic gets sober, their real problems begin. In a sense, right. right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because then it's like all, Stark reality. all of the underlying emotional issues, trauma, PTSD, all the wreckage from yep. that period of time in which you were addicted. But it's also just the brain, man. I mean, I remember when I was first sober, it's just like fight or flight or just comatose brain dead you know and i i really didn't think i would ever recover from that and i don't know that i have totally but thanks to people like you formulating cool shit i'm getting there so when i found out about smart drugs and nootropics um as you said i was going on the dark web and yeah, yeah. you know it's like hunting stuff out super super shady you wondered if they're ever going to send it to you it shows up in some weird you know, brown package. Unmarked and yeah. Yeah. And also tasted horrific. There were, you reminded me, I have a big old, I don't know, a kilo of paracetam downstairs because I just buy everything in, in bulk. And you bet. I would never try to give that to someone because I just take a teaspoon and just stir it up in water and I chug it down. And it's, right. it's an incredible, you know, nootropic, but um, it tastes like, I don't know, ground aspirin or something. You know, it's, it's not <laughs> palatable in any way. But I started to use that and modafinil and different things mm -hmm. and, and notice like, especially in the beginning of starting this podcast six years ago, I would notice days when I just woke up and did my normal routine. Um, I would have a, a terrible time, not all the time, but if I was sleep deprived or something right. with word recall. Yep. And so I'd start taking 
paracetam and find myself in a conversation, whether recorded or not, and pull something out from way early in the conversation, you know, and circle things back and connect loops. And it was really fascinating to just observe how over time and a lot of, you know, lifestyle changes, obviously, and exercise and sun and diet and all the things. Um, but seeing that there was absolutely a quantifiable result from using things like that. But it has also been and continues to be kind of hit or miss. And what works for me is not going to work for the next person because right. I found something like Prastam, that's my racetam of choice. Mm-hmm. I've given it to people and they either don't feel anything or they feel like they just did speed. You right. know, and right. they're, just, you know they're just not comfortable um, or else they're like, that did nothing. So it's, I think where we're going to go in this conversation is really interesting in that you uh, have evolved this in terms of supplementation into something that's much more customizable because the lay person like me doesn't even know what this thing's doing to my brain. I just know, oh, my memory's a little better when I take this pill in the morning. But then if you don't mix them right or you do too many or you combine different things, then you kind of hit that um, you know, diminishing return wherein you're you know, um, hung over the next day or there's, as you said, that afternoon crash. And it's just really difficult in my experience, and I'm pretty good at figuring things out, um, it's really difficult to nail it. So maybe before we, because I I really actually today, that's why I have your products up here. And, you know, (laughs) forgive me people if I make a product-centric podcast, but when I find something really cool, it's like, I want people to know about it. It's just awesome. I would feel like a dick if I didn't tell people <laughs> that you can perform. You can like Luke. Cho- I would call you a dick if you didn't. <laughs> you can. I mean, people. I, I think many people don't realize you can actually choose your mood. You Absolutely, know? and you can choose your state. And there are other ways to do it through breath work and meditation and, and all the things. And I do all of those things too. I don't want people to think the only way to change your state into a more positive state or a focused state, depending on what you're going for, is by taking something exogenous. But if it's there, but um, before we get into the formulations, and I really want to pick your brain on some of the obscure ingredients because I read the ingredient deck on these things and I can't pronounce any of them. I'm like, <laughs> what the hell is this? So I just personally am curious, but maybe as a framework so people just kind of have a, you know, a, a, a scaffolding on which we can build um, this kind of body of knowledge that you've amassed uh, is the different neurotransmitters, you know, like you mentioned acetylcholine and uh, I'd like to explore GABA and serotonin and dopamine. If you could kind of give us an overview of the different brain states that are yeah. created by these different neurotransmitters and then maybe that'll lead us more into specifics on how we can actually dial those in. So have you ever seen a linear EQ meter? Yes. Of course you have, right? Yeah. Right, you dial them up and down. That's the same with your neurotransmitters. And there's a, you know, there's a cascade of neurotransmitters. Those four are the primary Right, outside of noradrenaline and adrenaline, um, or norepinephrine and adrenaline, which is adrenaline. So those primary neurotransmitters are the things that get you into state. You're never going to have 100% of one because you need a balance to a certain extent. But you don't want to bring all of the levels up at once because then it sounds flat, right? It's not a good mix. So if you have dopamine, which is drive, motivation, right, and reward, that's, that's a very key concept, especially for most of us that are in this. And it's also, you know, when I say reward, it's like that's the, that's the goal when you do something that's meaningful, right? I get my dopamine hit. I have a, I have a get-together with Matt every Friday. We, we get together for an hour and we have a thing called Xamner Hours. Xamner is one of the, it's the spray right there, yeah. right? 
Yeah, I did. I did a few blasts of this before we started. Perfect. It's, you know, and <laughs> I don't want to interrupt. No, no. You actually managed to make this one taste really good. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> kind of a problem because I keep it on my desk and I'll just be like, Shh, I'm like, Luke, you just did 10 squirts 30 minutes ago. I think right. you're, you're maybe overdoing it. It's that old addict behavior. But anyway, no, carry it's on. great. It's great. Yeah, yeah. So you get that, you know, the dopamine side of it, which is super important for your motivation and, and drive and reward. You have acetylcholine, right? Which is, which is thinking and processing and memory and, and those things. Um, and then you'll have GABA, which is your chill, right? Your, your chill mood. Like it takes the anxiety off, it, it takes the edge off, and it can actually be really effective in, in um, cognitive processing because when you have a lack of anxiety, you have an increase in cognitive performance because you're not multitasking, you know, you're not trying to protect yourself from the bears and the lions. So, um, yeah, and then serotonin, which is more of a mood stabilizer. A lot of people think of serotonin as the happy drug, like selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, SSRIs or antidepressants are one, but, um, but in reality, it's a mood stabilizer. And then you go to dopamine and some of the others to actually increase your mood. So those are primary. And then, and then noradrenaline, right? Adrenaline, which is the fight or flight kind of thing. Yeah, I know that one. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> I hate that one because it, it activates when you don't want it to. I mean, you need it, right? Right, right. If we, had, if we were just parasympathetic all the time, we'd step in front of a bus. So I, I, appreciate, <laughs> I appreciate the fight or flight response, but those of us that have had trauma and things like that, you know, you can live in this state of hypervigilance where you can't turn it off, right? You have a situation yeah. in which you feel threatened, your nervous system goes, eh, red alert, and then it's, you're just stuck there, which is how I lived for a long time. When I was in 1993, I had gone through, I was on my fourth company, and um, I was doing the, you know, the 85, 90 plus hour weeks, seven day weeks, no breaks, that kind of thing. And I was, I was driven. I, I, didn't, I didn't think I minded doing it. But one day I'm in my office and, um, and I, I walk into my wife's office and I say, honey, I've been sitting in front of the monitor for three hours. I have no idea what I'm doing, who the client is, what the objective is, what the outcome is supposed to be. I think I'm losing my mind. I don't even know what day it is. She takes me by the hand. We walk around the, around the neighborhood. She goes, again, you're really good at starting these things and you're really good at selling them. But that thing in the middle, you're not, that management thing is not your, your gig. Um, and we were able to successfully sell that one and, and move on. But um, what I learned during that, and I got super depressed during that period as well. And I started getting chronic, like chronic nose. You know, I was, I was dumping a pint of fluid a day out of my nose. I would be in business meetings with venture capitalists having to leave, sniff, 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 leave, right? Blow my nose, get, get all this fluid out of my system. Go back to the meeting. I, I'm sure they thought I was doing coke. I'm sure. I'm absolutely sure. Because <laughs> my energy level was always high. I could, I could hold up a social veneer pretty well. But in reality, I was just fighting this thing. And at like, let's just say 7, 8, 9, 10 a.m., I would get a call from somebody that something was wrong. Something wasn't going perfect or wasn't going ideal. I would, big adrenaline rush serotonin would go in to try to rescue my heart from pumping out of my chest. I would use up all the serotonin here. The vagus nerve would say, okay, got no serotonin. It's over. I would go into a coma for hours. And then just before it was time to go to bed, I would finally feel normal again and try to do all my work in, you know, 90 minutes or whatever. And I'd go through these cycles. So you know that one. You know that adrenaline rush when shit's going down. And then you got to, and you suddenly got to recover from that. And you don't feel normal right away. It takes a while to feel normal. Now, in the, in the states that you're in, and the, and the ability to recognize 
fight or flight and where it's coming from, you can manage that much more. But a lot of people don't. They're not self-aware. And that self-awareness is a big component of state change, right? Um, which is where the neurotropics come in for us. It's, it's I want to achieve um, an optimum state. I might do it externally through a neurotropic or something. But also, once I reach that state through the neurotropic, I can take a big breath, I can embrace it, and I can go, okay, that's what that feels like. That's where my brain needs to go. That's how my body feels, right? That's my energy level. There's my posture. How's my breathing? All of these factors you can take into account, and then you can go and create that state on demand later on. And you can also start working on neuropathway development through, there's a thing called neurogenesis that happens. One of the things we'll talk about is, in, in College Genius is that, BDNF, and then the neurogenesis that results. But the, all the neurotropics do that as well. But they basically create blooms of new neurons. And you have the opportunity to program those so that your reaction to whatever's going on is different than maybe it was before. And over time, you create that pathway and it becomes stronger than the reactionary trauma-based pathway that you had in the past. So This is really good news. The neurogenesis yeah, man. is so critical. And it's funny to think that it wasn't that long ago that science, air quotes, believed that you just had the brain that you had right. and that's it. It's over. Somewhere between 12 and 26 <laughs> years old, boom, done. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it's it's been interesting for me to, I guess, through that self-awareness and just a, a lot of meditation over the years, um, where I've noticed historically that I've gotten the most triggered is in romantic relationships. It's just when there's a, intimacy and vulnerability is like where I would really get rocked. Even when I had, you know, had some years of working on myself and things like that. And it's really interesting to observe most recently in the past, I don't know, two or three years. I mean, it has a lot to do with the person you're in relationship with. Mm -hmm. But I've noticed um, that if I do get dysregulated, that it's not that hard to get back into a good place you know it's like right right the recovery cycle is much yeah shorter. yeah and it's like god i don't sometimes something will happen you know just little petty things that happen in a relationship right and there'll be a moment where things get slightly tense and then it just goes away and then i'm totally fine very quickly at least comparatively speaking and then i'll think if this was five six ten years ago this might have sent me into a tailspin maybe for the rest of the day or even longer, right? That I just couldn't mm -hmm. get out of. Back when those, you know, those kind of worn record grooves were the ones that I was used to using my entire life and always feeling kind of under threat, right? And, and out of control in a sense emotionally. And it's such a gift um, to be able to, A, evolve through some of those patterns, but B, have the awareness and kind of, I guess the gratitude for it, like, holy shit, all, all of this work over the years and, you know, taking products like yours and all the practices and all the things, it's like, wow, it actually works. I can have a different response to stressors. I mean, just that alone is, oh yeah. aside from, you know, productivity and focus and creativity and all of those things, but just to keep cool, you know, like in Pulp Fiction, be cool, honey bunny. You know, like, <laughs> be cool, Luke. You know, this is like, I used to just try and talk myself down off these ledges and quite unsuccessfully, unfortunately, much of the time, you know, I just get stuck in that. And it's such a horrible way to live. I would, um, back in the, in the er, really early 2000s, um, I would put on, I would go download from Napster or whatever, old episodes of the TV show Kung Fu. David Carradine. 
Yeah. And I would literally watch that half hour episode of Kung Fu to get me into state. Because watching Kwai Chang Kane navigate through the old West and and you know and be a, a very calm, you know, Zen state guy handling these people that, you know, hated the Chinaman is what the way he put it. Um, that was really good for me and it, it centered me and it got me into the point where because I was dealing with a lot of stress back then and, and so I had to model somebody in order to get that. And so he inadvertently became my, ah, right? My your mentor. sensei. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's funny. You know, that reminds me actually, sometimes I'll play this little game with myself when I, it's kind of, I would say largely around social media and just the chaos that has ensued in the last few years and the divisive nature of warring tribal ideals, Yeah, I guess you could say. Um, but sometimes on social media, someone will pop off and, say something really stupid in my feed, you know? And I'll have the impetus at first to respond harshly out of, you know, some kind of egoic response or, you know, mm -hmm. wanting to be right or any of that, right? <laughs> but one of the things I like to do to your point of the, uh, the Kung Fu is I'll ask myself, if you were an enlightened master and I've read their books and right. probably sat at the feet of a few of them over the years, what would you do? Would an enlightened master go, ah, nah, nah, you know, and get in the game, like jump in, <laughs> jump in the... Play with the trolls. Yeah, like the, it's like this net that they've thrown out, right, through their unconscious, unprocessed, unhealed trauma, whatever it is that's causing them to like want to instigate someone in that way. It's like, what if I just opted out and just sent them love and compassion? You know, right. or whatever I imagine an enlightened master would do. They certainly wouldn't go on Twitter and like try and win <laughs> combat. You know, yeah, 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 like, yeah. Probably not. What would Ram Dass do or David Hawkins? Yeah, or yeah. The P. It's like they wouldn't even probably acknowledge the whole thing. They would just, you know, maybe at best just go, "Oh man, this person's suffering," and you know, yeah. I'm just gonna. Pray How do I give a virtual hug? Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's you know, it's funny. My modeling works kind of the same way. I go, all right, you're not enlightened quite yet, Lou, because you're still, you know, very human in moments like this. But if you were, what would you do? And if I can do that, most of the time I'm able to, you know, resist the temptation of ruining my own day in an effort to punish someone else for their, you know, interpreted transgression. Love it. This podcast would not be possible without our friends over at Just Thrive Health. And they've been with the show for quite a while now and one of the sponsors that I feel most grateful and proud to support and present to you. In so doing, I rarely like to clown on competitive products. It's not really my style to say, oh, this brand is the best and the rest of them suck. But I must be honest, uh, as someone who's tried to fix my gut <laughs> in numerous ways, especially with a lot of very expensive probiotics over the years, I have to say that most probiotics I've ever tried were a complete waste of time, energy, and money, with the exception of the Just Thrive probiotic. What makes Just Thrive probiotics so special is that they're spore-based, and this allows them to survive the treacherous journey into your GI tract where they can make themselves at home and do what they're supposed to do. And for this reason, it's a really unique and incredible product. It's also something kids at just about any age can take. Parents can sprinkle it into the food or drinks of little ones. It can also be baked or fried up to 455 degrees and still retain 100% potency. Isn't that crazy? It's also ideal for pregnant moms-to-be to support a healthy microbiome for themselves and their babies. You know, newborns get their first big dose of microbes at birth while traveling through the birth canal. 
It also contains a very special strain of bacteria that can maintain its effectiveness when taken with antibiotics. Now, talk about crazy awesome. You know, that's one of the issues when you're taking antibiotics, if you're in a position to have to do so, is that they're going to ultimately uh, cause some dysbiosis, to say the least. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it politely there. So I'm one, again, who wasted so much money trying to take probiotics during a cycle of antibiotics, which is probably futile. However, it's not with just Thrive spore-based probiotics. So if you want to check this out, I highly recommend that you do. So if you want to get your hands on some of these Just Thrive probiotics, here's what you do. Go to justthrivehealth.com slash Luke. That's justthrivehealth.com slash Luke. And of course, we've got a discount for you. It's 15%. And the code there is Luke15 at justthrivehealth.com. Let's talk about a couple other issues like ADD, ADHD, anxiety, depression. You know, what's at kind of the root cause of some of these things in terms of neurochemistry Mm -hmm. and then maybe we could explore some of the common solutions, SSRIs, um, benzodiazepines, sleep right. medication. You know, when someone doesn't know about something like nootropics or mindfulness practices, they're likely going to be diagnosed through the medical establishment mm-hmm. and then prescribed medication that, that may or may not work for some people, probably does. But I don't think that that kind of methodology that system is going to actually change someone's performance mind behavior response so maybe you could delve into a bit of that i know there's like 50 questions in that one no i I love that though that's great um plus me being the poster child for adhd throw me 50 questions because i like to (laughs) i like to juggle that makes two of us so hopefully the people listening will appreciate that follow along i actually i actually built a poster years ago that says adhd is my superpower because it really is It, it became that um and I actually had an investor at one time in, in 1999 who basically said, unless you get on Adderall or Ritalin, we are going to pull our deal away. Thinking that that was a solution, we sold to Yahoo instead. <laughs> the, greatest, the greatest FU is to do something bigger than, right? But um, so when you talk about, about uh, one is, is, let's talk about the price. Let's talk about writing the check. For whatever it is you take. So we talked about Medo- we kind of barely glanced across modafinil as like a as like a super and a lot of people know about that. And I think Dave actually, Dave Asprey actually made it kind of popular as a as a neurohacking product. And it is a really interesting and can be super effective. But the next day or the next three days, you're gonna pay the price because you don't recover. And there's also some sideline stuff that makes it, I don't think it's a it's a good thing to use as a as a solution to these problems. It might be good just to have the experience once. So you can go, oh, okay. And then to really, really kind of in, embrace the what's going on and kind of like go, okay, that's the state. Now I need to go into that state. I need to go into Kwai Chang Kane's mm-hmm. Kung Fu mode, right? To have that focus. But um, one of the sides of ADHD that a lot of people are not aware is the hyper-focus, almost OCD piece that can happen. You've, I'm sure you've experienced it yourself. You can have the ADHD mode where you walk through a room and you totally forget what the heck you're doing. Like, what the hell was I here? And you just literally were out of the car knowing you had to get something and coming through the house, you had a thought and then you've lost focus on whatever it was you're supposed to get. You've also had the time when you've sat down to write something 
or to compose something or to do something. And it's six hours later and you don't even know how you got there for six hours. You just are totally in that moment. You're very present. You're super focused and nobody could derail you. So that's another side that people need to understand that ADHD is not just spinning a million plates or, or getting lost in, in whatever details and, and losing your track. It's also on the opposite side of it is this super focused area. And you can accomplish that once you, once you know how to get there. But on the neurotransmitter side, ADHD and dopamine are very closely related. When you don't have enough dopamine flowing, um, you lack the ability to have that, um, that state of recall of keeping that thing top of mind that you're trying to accomplish and then organizing the details. So you need to have enough dopamine flow to make that happen. You need these little acetylcholine flow at the same time to be able to tap into the memories, to tap into the learning that you've had, and to also do the, the lateral thinking, the creative thinking of that musical note reminds me of this song from Fleetwood Mac, reminds me of this lyric that Lindsey Buckingham wrote. Oh yeah, Lindsey Buckingham, finger style. That leads to the nylon and the string. I should use nylon for that. That makes sense, that mm -hmm. associative thinking process. Mm -hmm. So one of the advantages of an ADHD mind with the right kinds of neurochemical input is that you can actually start doing associative thinking at a rate that most people would be way beyond their ability to comprehend. So um, we go to anxiety. There's a, there's a lack of GABA in your system often and a lack of serotonin in your system. So, and that also leads to a lack of human connectivity, love. Like you don't have enough serotonin, you're not going to feel as connected to people. Um, I came from a, a place where I was dope. I've been dopamine driven most, most of my life. I think a lot of us that are, that are on that edge are there. And so I would, I would walk through the house and tell my wife, look, um, I need this, 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 and this. Uh, I'll see you at seven tonight for dinner. Um, see ya. And then I'd walk out the door and go to my car and go drive to my office. And then I would be at my office and I would wonder why she was so cold to me. I go, oh shit, I just blew my wife out, right? And, and then in, about four days later, I'd go, I got to do something about it. You know, I, I got to fix that. And then eventually I started being conscious of it. And so then it was three days later and then it was two days later and it was the same day. And then it was an hour after I had offended her. And then eventually I played it in my head before I did it. And I said, oh, you need to have a better word choice. And you need to say, I love you. And by the way, you look beautiful. And, and those things. And same thing with chastity, my girlfriend, is I have to remember those same things. Um, and that's a serotonin thing, like getting serotonin levels up. The anxiety side, GABA. Like when you feel, I mean, that's, that's why, you know, Xanax is so popular, right? Because we're into this. So that's a, that's a GABA agonist that basically improves the levels of GABA in your system. And we even have a product, GABAlicious, that's all about that. And that is the which I love, by the way. Awesome! I got a new version coming. That you're going to really love the one. I'm going to hold that thought. We'll yeah, see man. if your new tropics work. If you can take us back, because I'll forget where you were. But <laughs> dude, I took the Gobalicious the first few times, and I would take it kind of early evening, thinking, "Oh, I want to wind down for the night." And I found that I don't I have a difficult time falling asleep on it. And then I looked at the ingredients, and I was like, "Oh, it has." oxiracetam or it has i think some racetam in it do you know why that that would make me like it's good during the day anyway i thought it was like a nighttime thing because of course i didn't read your copious <laughs> instructions on how to do it i was like take it all and see what happens but yeah i find that it kind of keeps me awake which is counterintuitive when you're dealing with a gaba product well the, the, the idea was to have a social drink 
Okay. Right. And so, and we, you know, we, it, it was, it wasn't perfectly an alcohol alternative, but certainly something verging on that. Um, Zamner juice is an extension of that. It's actually, um, with kava, take gobalicious and take that together. Then you're rocking. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. It's great. Um, and it, it, but I needed to have enough stimulant that the GABA wouldn't so tone down your system right parasympathetic system you're suddenly going i don't give a shit about anything and i'm i'm out yeah um, we go went, to a party and you just be taking a nap in the corner <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah. yeah yeah yeah. but i do really like it i just found like oh i can actually take this during the day and yeah. and ironically enough be pretty productive too like it's a great productivity product. yeah what i like is that it gets me into when i need to do something fairly intense but i don't want to be an asshole about it like i want to have focus or i want to have follow through and I want to have my, I want my neurons to be firing well, but I don't want to be like an Adderall, we call it, you know, the Adderall asshole, right? Yeah. Is where there's so much dopamine is flowing that you don't give a shit about people's feelings and you're just, you know, you're yelling, you know, you're, you're, you're dictating to people instead of collaborating with them. This is something I've experienced with um, going, and I think I know where we were. We were on anxiety, by the we way. We were. Uh, nice. But, yeah, I took a bunch <laughs> of your shit this morning. <laughs> um, but with modafinil, something yeah. I noticed, and, and I still take it sometimes, but here's the thing that trips me out about modafinil is some people will take the whole damn tablet, which I think is like 200 milligrams. Right. I don't think I've ever taken a whole one, maybe a half in like two quarters. So I'll take a quarter of it, but... There were times when I was first experimenting with it and I would take a half and I was like, oh my God, I can sit at my computer for five hours and not look up or right. whatever, organize the closet, like things, yeah. things that like a tweaker would do, you know, <laughs> take a radio <laughs> apart and put it back together for no reason. <laughs> Actually, tweakers never put the shit back together. No, no, no. They just take everything apart. But anyway, what I noticed was I'm great, but if you interrupt me, Right. You know, honey, are we going to the, ah, you know, it's just like very defensive. And if I'm interrupted in that state of high focus, it'll totally throw me off. And like you said, be the Adderall asshole. Right. Like it would make me a little irritable. So I, I do use that sparingly, um, mostly for like flying or if I'm really sleep deprived for some reason, a quarter modafinil. And I'm like, then I'm kind of normal feeling. I don't feel right. overstimulated. But anyway, that's good because that's not going to have nearly the side effect that you're going to have if you do 200 milligrams. And- I don't even believe people can do that. But back yeah. to the point of how our, our neurochemistry is so individual. When I first got into modafinil, maybe, I don't know, eight years ago or so, mm-hmm. um, you know, like I said, I figured out my, my dose, which is just a quarter, barely noticeable, but enough to, to do something. And then I would give it to my friends and some of them would take a whole one and they're like, dude, that thing you gave me, I felt nothing. nothing. Right. Like just zero. I'm like, what? I thought you were going to jump off a building if you took the whole thing, <laughs> thinking you were Superman <laughs> or something, right? So it's just, it's so interesting how we're so, um, so different in that way. But anyway, back to, uh, back to the anxiety piece and, yeah. and got the relationship with GABA. Well, so one of the things I want to, I want to really emphasize is downregulation versus upregulation of receptors and of neurochemicals is when you're on, whether it's Adderall or an SSRI or something like that, you're often really, really amping up the levels of those neurotransmitters and the neurochemicals. And what that does is there's a signaling mechanism in your body or your brain that tries to protect you. It's smart, right? It doesn't want to be over flooded with these things. That's why you have to trade. That's why you get pretty hardcore pharmaceutical when you start doing it in Molly and other things like that, right? And so... In order to do that, it signals and says, I've got all, you know, um, like, like when you start trapping, here's the trick. 
let's say that you've got two neurotransmitters that are facing each other, okay? And they're, they're transmitting some, some data path and you've got dopamine flowing between it. But now you've got Adderall, okay? So the Adderall is gonna, there's a calcium ion cloud that would surround the, the neuron gap that helps keep the, the neurochemicals from flying off into space, into the rest of the you know, DHA that makes up the brain, gray matter or white matter. And so um, these neuron pumps, which are like little volcanoes and receptors on each side, they're going to be pumping this neurochemical back and then it's going to go and it's going to reuptake. It's going to go back to the original neurotransmitter and then back again. Well, as it does that, that circular effect, event, is going to signal to the brain, I got enough dopamine, right? Don't make any more. It's because it thinks it has a ton of dopamine available because it just keeps recirculating within that synapse. Eventually, that calcium ion cloud is going to fade and the dopamine is going to flow in. It's going to, it's going to be done. It's going to break apart. There's an enzymes that break it apart eventually. And when that happens, you're going to have a depletion of dopamine. So you just took the Adderall or whatever it happened to be, the, the, that's methylphenidate or, or equivalent. Um, you're going to now not have, you're going to be depleted of dopamine. You're going to feel unmotivated. Your drive is going to go away. And your pleasure is going to go away that you would normally get from dopaminergic, from the reward system. It's going to go away until you may take more, um, more of the um, Adderall. So that's the thing. This, this down-regulation is a real problem with a lot of the pharmaceuticals. Not because, because to make a patented pharmaceutical, you've got to target a specific illness or condition. Right? That's why we in the nutritional space, we can't say that this cures anything. We have to actually say it doesn't cure anything. Right? We, I saw a funny company. Who was that the other day? Uh, oh, it's a um, simply O3. They make ozonated oils. Yeah, yeah, another one. <laughs> They're great, and I, I'm a huge ozone fanatic. And in their marketing material, it's like this does not heal eczema. This, you know, it's like everything that it does, right, it says right, it right, right. Doesn't do. And I was like, that's clever. That's a great way to get past the, <laughs> the FDA thing, right? It's just oh, be totally. like, whatever you do, do not use this product for A, B, and C. And anyone <laughs> for these specific like, conditions, yeah. <laughs> and they like nailed everything that that a topical ozone is great for, you know, right. like acne, right. you know, bug bites, whatever. Yeah, it's funny. I was like, that's good. I hope more people start doing that. I love that. It's a double-edged sword, you know, because I, I see the kind of logic in a regulatory body that's sure. that's helping to protect the public from snake oil or right. things with horrendous side effects or just things that are going to waste your money, like being ripped off. But it's just like, who's regulating the regulators? You know, then that's when you have this kind of chicken uh, or the fox guarding the hen house, right? Well, that's the thing. Is if I, so if I was, a, let's just say that I started a pharma company today. Um, I, I bought out uh, Pharma Bro and decided to make his drug for, you know, back to $17 a hit instead of 750 bucks a hit. Typically, you put a half million to a billion dollars into taking a drug to market after human trials and everything else are included in and all the development and those things. And you have a very specific condition that the drug has to be written for. And then you can go off, you know, off-brand or, or right, off-label and go, okay, it could also be used for this or this or this. But they have to make it so the FDA says this. But here's the deal. Let's say that I've got a, let's say that, that I've got a, uh, a vaccine for, you know, for a viral issue that's going around. And I need to accelerate that in the marketplace. The way you do that is you just pay more money to the FDA. It's called acceleration, right? So if you're a little nutritional supplement company making a really super effective product, and you want to turn it in, you want to make it so that it could be actually used in pharmacological applications in, in the medical industry, right? 
great, no problem. You just pay us the $10 million a month that it takes and we'll shorten it from an 18 to 36 month you know, journey to a six month journey. Pay to play. Pay to play. Yeah, interesting. So it's, that's the limiting factor, right? That's the, so you gotta be in the yeah. 1% of. Yeah, yeah. It's just funny, you know, as someone like me that explores and thus promotes a number of different products, you know, yeah. uh, over the years I've seen the brands get more savvy at making, not making medical claims. Right. But then it's like, you get kind of cornered. Well, how do you explain what it does? Like you're, maybe you're not treating a disease or curing a disease, but there, there are quantifiable positive effects from, you know, XYZ product. And how do you say that without breaking the rules? It's funny. It's a funny little cat and mouse game. There. We, we play, I call it whack-a-mole. Um, so as I formulate things, so I've got a lab in Burlington, Iowa, and as I'm formulating things and, and Matt and I collaborate and we've got a full, we have a team of, of seven PhDs and nine PhD candidates in Bosnia that work at a university, the um, Birch International University. Um, and all they do 24-7 is work for bioptimizers and Newtopia to, to extrapolate neurochemical processes and explore different extraction techniques and explore how these different molecules work together and do research and then give us quantifiable data outcomes and say, this is what we found. We don't, everything we do is science-based and we are now, I mean, literally, we run the wing. We run that wing. And now we're getting into the electronic side for, for devices oh, as wow. we're getting more and more. So, Oh, cool. Yeah, and we got a great AI guy on staff. Wow, that's, that's impressive. So it isn't just you in, in, in a bathtub. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Ordering shit off Alibaba. Hey, put it in a capsule, right, call right. it a product. <laughs> That's that's funny, yeah. dude. Okay, so that that's a pretty good uh, kind of overview. Um, something that I don't know if you if you heard this, and I'm I didn't we'll read that out. deeply into it, but I just saw something within the past couple of days about um, a, a new study or some research that indicates that um, that depression and things that are people are typically given SSRIs for is not, not serotonin based. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh wow, it's about time because I've seen so many people, and I would say myself. I don't want to claim something that's, you know, an exaggeration, but I definitely had some mental problems. I don't know if I was clinically depressed or whatever, but I mean, I have known many people who have been friends that have verifiable mental illness and have mm -hmm. been put on psych meds. I was on psych meds. I don't know whether I needed them or not, but maybe they saved my life for that period. Who knows? But this is always the thing you hear is like, oh, I have a serotonin problem. So therefore I need antidepressants. And now a pretty reputable study has emerged that says, oh, yep. oops, <laughs> that's yeah, yeah. not actually we true. We spoke too soon. <laughs> yeah. So do you, did you catch the, oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah, meat yeah, of that? Yeah, yeah. And, and there's um, what they're saying is that essentially, and, and this is so great, this is a testament to the power of signaling molecules versus the neurotransmitter that we're thinking of, right? So serotonin has been known or has been established as a stabilizing mood molecule. But it's not the happy molecule that we think, maybe. But it does seem that when we increase serotonin levels on people that are serotonin deficient, like on the Newtopia website, if you click the first button right, right below the header, you'll take you to a, a, a selective um, neurotransmitter test. So we can kind of get an idea of where your neurotransmitters are so that when we formulate, we can formulate based on those deficiencies or the excess that you've got. So, but... What they're finding with the study is that there seems to be a secondary or tertiary signaling molecule or event that's occurring that is responsible for the antidepressive qualities of these SSRIs and things. Oh, interesting. Not serotonin directly. 
So right. what is the cascade? What's the secondary? And just like, like um, the amount of enzymes in the brain, right, that affect the, the breakdown or the enhance and the stomach. There's a thing called a CP450 or cytokine, cytokine P450 enzyme in the, in the stomach. So if you take um, uh, uh, phenylalanine or phenylethylamine, both of those are naturally occurring amino acids in the body, right? If you take those and they go to the stomach, right, through the stomach acid, in four to eight minutes, they're broken down and, and just, you know, broken down into non-effective components and and they become more amino acid pieces that might you know help repair muscle or those things but if you mute the cp450 enzyme they will last for hours so and those are both pleasure molecules um phenylalanine uh serotonin and tyrosine and dopamine precursor and phenylethylamine which is um you probably sounds like something out of Breaking Bad, right? <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's naturally occurring um, in the gut, and it is a pleasure molecule. Huh. So you you start to feel anandamide, right? You start to feel those, those pleasure sensors um, coming alive. So, yeah, cool. That's very interesting. So yeah, so so we, what we know here's the deal: we know shit. <laughs> we don't know shit about what we're doing. We are you. You have to be in the art of being willing to experiment and play and explore and combine real critical science with real critical experiential nature. Not, not like, like placebo, but, but saying, okay, can we get 90% or 95 or 97% uh, predictable results from these things? And then the science backs it up. But often the science will say, this is what should happen. And you don't get the experiential result or you get, this is we get this experimental result SSRI, but the science is saying, "Oh, oops, we spoke too soon. It wasn't serotonin; wasn't the key. It just happens to be a key, and it's acting on some other thing that's causing another enzyme to process another nutrient or amino acid or other component or neurochemical, or maybe the unknown neurochemical." Right. So anyhow, it's, it's really important to understand those differences, and then if we start to coalesce that that body of data thank god for ncbi and examine.com and some of these other resources we can now take and we can take the disparate pieces follow the rabbit trail and suddenly start connecting the dots and go oh this seems to impinge upon this which seems to single this signal this that gives you this outcome and that's when you can really start to play with these neurochemicals the precursors how the neurotransmitters work and then you start exploring with you know for us, we explore with you know a lot of stuff in a petri dish. We're just now building the world's best uh, uh, Buddhist-friendly mouse lab. Where you- <laughs> yeah, I'm serious. I, we are making the Buddhist-friendly mouse lab. The do no harm. Yeah, do no harm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're gonna have really focused and creative mice. Or- Super mice are painting and they're yeah, doing it. Yeah. yeah, they're building these really intricate nests. <laughs> they're building little pyramids in there and shit. Right, the right, right. Yeah, beaming down and yeah. sitting in the lotus position. Um. <laughs> I mentioned one of the racetams, paracetam before. Yep. I think many people listening to this show will be like, Rasa, what? Uh, but I noticed, uh, I mentioned your Gabalicious product, yeah. um, that you do use some racetams in, in the products. We have used racetams. Our, our labeling doesn't catch up with our advancements. So we originally used oxyracetaminate. We've gone away from that now. Oh, okay. Um, but I'm not saying it's bad. 
Um, it just is not is not as friendly as some of the other. What we're finding is that there are extractions of a number of different compounds, a number of different like plant-based um, you know, um, like Celastris paniculatus. We were the first people to say this could be Celastris paniculatus or intellect tree seed is a viney seed that grows in India and I think there's some in Florida. And we take that and we extract, we both cold press the oil out and then we do modified sonic extraction levels from there to be able to pull out. I think you're into tonality of, of you know how different frequencies affect the body, right? Yeah. Yeah, I got a bunch of frequency devices around here. You know what I'm talking about, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So same thing happens with molecules. So when you start subjecting, in fact, the, one of the extraction techniques we use here is to put a 40 to 44 kilohertz wave through the oil or through the, um, uh, the alcohol and water extraction process here to get certain compounds to release from the mushrooms that otherwise would be locked in. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So there's even more goodies in like a lion's mane or chaga ratio absolutely. or whatever? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's funny. Because I, I make, uh, I was just making these guys some coffee and I've for years have been boiling chunks of chaga mushroom as my yeah. base water. Nice. But I always know when, when I'm done, you know, and I'll extract and extract, cut them up when they're all soft yep. and, and t- until the water stops turning brown. And then I throw them away or throw them in the garden or whatever. And I always know there's like still fat soluble, you know, absolutely alcoholic, yeah, yeah. alcohol extractable uh, nutrients there that I'm just wasting. You know, I of course take extracts that are done right. But that's interesting. I never knew that there was extraction beyond water or alcohol. Yeah. In fact, it's a, um, it's kind of a quadruple extraction process that we do for that. So to make, when we were, when we were building this product, um, and actually Chastity, um, uh, my lab assistant, sweetheart, partner in crime was the one Matt had said that well, she was the one that kind of came up with this as a, as a, as a, you know, formula to a certain extent, but he's talking about collagenous. Collagenous. Here. Here, let me see one of those. Yeah, man. So this is a kind of a supercharged protein powder with all these medicinal mushrooms and stuff, which is very cool. I actually had Probably too many scoops of it this morning. Nice, <laughs> nice. Like, yeah, they're great. I'm interviewing the guy, so I'm like, I'm going to try a mega dose and see what happens. And you know, <laughs> I live to tell the tale. That's but I, know, I noticed that when I was looking at the extraction ratios on the mushrooms, I was like, what? How did you get that much out of it? And that's that's the trick, right? So um, Matt had said that Lion's Mane. Matt had told me Matt Glant, CEO of Bioptimizers, said, "Hey, Mark, um, I got to tell you that Lion's Mane had. There's something special about Lion's Mane, and it had really made a difference for me when I was recovering from my addictions and my brain was fried. And so that was one of his first avenues to nootropic success. Right? Was Lion's Mane? So he's doing mega doses. He was doing six to ten or eleven grams a day, like a crazy amount, like to the point where you'd maybe get gastric upset. Hence, masszymes and right P3OM. And, yeah, you take Capex. <laughs> take enough enzymes with it. You probably are right. Right. So, um, so I was doing the same thing and I, what I was doing was I knew that certain farms would have better mushroom quality and, um, and also their kind of principles of how they run their, their business would be better. So we, we worked with, um, almost a hundred, well, over a hundred different sources altogether of, um, of mushrooms. And then we started working with the extraction levels and one-to-one extraction level tastes like mushrooms. We're all familiar with that. But as you get to 20 to one, there start to be these light notes of cocoa that come through. And then at 50 to one, it starts to taste chocolatey. And at 100 to one, you get somewhere between chocolatey and mocha and maybe a little bit of coffee type of, of thing. Depending on the farm, how it's raised, how clean everything is, including the water and the substrate and everything else, mycelium, right, for mushrooms, 
And, um, and whether it was fruiting bodies or mycelium and fruiting bodies or just mycelium, we found fruiting bodies for us, for our particular application was the best because we got a lot more molecules. And then, so you take that in a pan of, of warm water, 160 degree water, and you then dice them up, right? You macerate the mushrooms. And then you, you, know, you bring it up to temp. You bring it up nice and slowly up to temp. And again, you start to see the color change in the water, right? Well, then you start hitting it with different frequencies, like from 20 kilohertz to 44 kilohertz. And you'll find at certain frequencies, you'll see this just bloom of color come through. Oh, wow. And you go, oh, that's a molecule. And you sample it and you go, aha, that's this really interesting molecule that has this effect in research. And you go, aha, that's good. And then you send that through a microporous membrane that is the size of that, you know, just slightly larger than that molecule so that you can separate that out. And you have another microporous membrane past that that's slightly smaller for another molecule. And so you're now isolating these different molecules. So you do that. And then you, then you take that same bath, you, you, know, you drain that, and then you throw 70% alcohol in there, right? You put a nitrogen cover on it so that it doesn't oxidate because you don't want oxidation in, in your mushrooms. And then you do the same thing. And then you bring the frequencies up and you find these new molecules that come out that are soluble in, in alcohol. That's crazy. When you're applying the frequencies in this process, is this through magnetism, sound? Sonic transducers, some piezo okay. transducers and some mechanical trans mechanical at the lower end of the other range and piezo at the higher end of the range. Wow. Yeah. And then a probe. You got a probe as well in the middle wow. to make sure it's balanced. That's so cool. Oh, it's really cool. And so that is how you're able to both isolate the molecules and also then recombine them later at the ratios that are going to make the greatest impact. Like we're really big on what's called BDNF, brain-derived neutrophic factor, which is kind of the precursor to neurogenesis, the creation of these new blooms of brain cells. So to optimize that, we have certain frequencies that pull out the specific neurochemical, you know, um, precursors, right? In lion's mane and chaga and red reishi and, and cordyceps that pull out those components and also the adaptogens, right? Especially in, in you know, red reishi. And, and, and you, start, you start selecting these molecules, optimizing them, and again, part of the, part of the fun uh, byproduct of that was as I'm putting things in capsules, Chastity's over um, documenting my work and putting, pouring these mushroom substrates that we've picked up from all over the world and pouring them into containers and marking them and putting in an MDS, you know, the, like all the, all the FDA required stuff on it so that we know when we got it, where we got it, when it arrived, how long it's, you know, what temperature we're going to store it at, all those things. She's doing that and she's going, smells like chocolate, smells like chocolate, smells like chocolate, smells like cocoa, smells like mocha. And she's finding that stuff and she starts combining them and, um, and suddenly goes, you know, this would be really good. She starts tricking me and making a mochas for me in the morning in my coffee. So she makes these mocha drinks and not realizing it's mushrooms, but I feel, I feel the brain tingles, the neurogenesis happening. I'm going, wow, that's really powerful. What is that? She goes, ah, it's a mushroom stuff. So we take it and we, we, you know, enhance it a bit, right. With some lecithin and some other things to make it so it's, it really dissolves well. And, um, and we bring it to Matt at Dave Asprey's conference down in Florida last year as a gift. That's, you know, that's where I first got the Newtopia box. Is that the conference? I ran into Matt. Yeah, he's like, I got something for you. <laughs> it's like, it's Nootropic. I thought he was going to give me one little bottle. <laughs> it's like this massive box. It's like out of a James Bond film, you know, with like nine formula in there. I'm like, okay. Oh, dude, dude, check it out. So this, um, so this is, this is what you're going to, that's for you. Oh, um, that's, you, that's, um, in the coming weeks that will be, or the coming month, about two months from now, that's how you're going to receive your capsules. Um, Whoa. on the end here, let me show you. 
So this is a, a we call it a mag pack. This uh, we've we've lightened up the magnets; they're a little bit too strong on this prototype, but but so. Oh, cool! Hot damn! So everything will be packaged like that, so that you can carry it with you, or you can you can uh, even custom now, stack your own. Because as of now, they come in a tube. Correct. Yeah, right. everything comes in test tubes. I'll show these guys watching. Okay. This is super cool, dude. Wow. Yeah. So it's magnetic. So that's a, you know, and and that's kind of. I'm like, what could I use this for afterwards? Oh, right. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And we're going to send it. You know, with each of the packs will be some generics that you can just fill. You know, you can pull the caps and oh, fill, and then, nice. then you got to carry with you for the states you want to be in. Again, yeah. this goes all back to programmable state change. Yeah. Or you're on a you're on a trip and you just want to carry a couple of those and you've got your metal reboot evening and a couple of metal reboot AM, then you've got an upbeat and you got a, a couple focus savagery um, for doing the various things that you need to accomplish. And so yeah. So look for that in the in the next uh, that's, two months. That's yeah. super badass. Okay, so we were on the extraction process. So that's the extraction. So yeah, so this has come up. So we bring him to Matt, and Matt is a master of flavors and also a master of molecules. So Matt Gallant, it's one of his absolute superpowers, is he's done the stuff that I do. He's done it excessively, and he's done it in a fast-growing company, which means that you're subject to a lot of people that want to be your partner, your vendor partner in those things. So he says, I know how to make this great. I know how to make this. This is really great chocolatey, and it works. Um, I can feel the neurogenesis right away. It's really comfortable. Let me help you make it great, and which he did. He always does. And so he started playing around with it and, and sending his stuff and going, I, I think this guy, this vendor, this component, um, Matt Titlow of Compound Solution became a partner in that and said, I think if we add this, this, and this, you'll get a smoother mouthfeel, right? Those components, the nuances that make, that make it go from good to freaking awesome, rocking. And so it became that. And so it became a, and, and the other thing is Chastity is just, just turned 50. I'm, I'm 60. Right, and so we're going. Okay, collagen needs to be something for connective tissue, for skin, for all those things, um, and so, and also for the brain. It's incredibly valuable for the brain. So, how do we like? We're doing these two things. Why separate them when, when they make a great companion pair? And there are there are um, nutrients inside of mushrooms that activate collagen, including copper and zinc, in a bioavailable form that's non toxic, that basically make the the collagen much more bioavailable. Oh, interesting. I'm really big on copper and I didn't know that uh, mushrooms had copper. Yes. Do some yes. of them have more than others? Like what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, like cordyceps um, are, are real big and um, lion's mane has actually plenty. And the cool oh. thing is it's like a methylated form so it's very bioavailable and, yeah, yeah. you know, non-toxic. And, yeah, it's not, it's not like just drinking water out of copper pipes <laughs> right <laughs> great way to do it if you, if you want to become a plumber when you're uh, older <laughs> if this thing doesn't hey, luke if this thing doesn't work out for you yeah great way to yeah trust me i'm not doing any anything related to building a home anytime soon uh so you guys have created well i guess now even more but at the time of of getting this box you guys have created nine different formula and for those on the uh video that shows my camera this is what's in the box i want to break down a few of these and this sure. is a, just a selfish part of the interview because i'm i've have you here and i don't have to read everything on the website and <laughs> it comes with the brilliant mind blueprint, blueprint yeah. book that i was looking at again because i think this one's even updated from the last one i had and i'm like oh man this is a lot of information here yeah yeah and we're making one with bigger print for those of us that are aging yeah. and <laughs> yes. thank you thank you i'm like what's that say 
but one thing that really struck me when I got the first box from Matt, he just gave it to me and I just kind of right. used it over the course of a few months. And then I did it like an official customer would. And I went and I took that survey you mentioned on the site. Awesome. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. Kind of for those that have taken a Myers-Briggs or a right. disc test or something like that, multiple answer mm-hmm. buzz through to the next screen kind of thing. And I was like, oh, so you guys are actually customizing based on personality traits the way someone just inherently is you know more sympathetic parasympathetic etc right right maybe before we get into a couple of these tell me how that survey came to be what are you trying to determine in that survey when someone gets a certain kind of profile or score on that how different are the different formula that they're going to get in their box radically <laughs> so that came from when I was doing the original from 2008 to 2012. Um, I had this a little over a thousand beta test customers, and I would go from 50, 250, maybe 500 at times. Um, but often it would just subsets of people. I would send them these compound, you know, molecule stuff in a test tube and say, try these things. And over time, I found out that about 30% of them to about 42% responded well to what I was giving them. Another set, somewhere between, you know, another 30 to 40% felt neutral on it. And then 20 to 25% felt negative, right? It was not a positive in their experience until I started changing the ratios of the neurochemicals based on, I had them fill out a little form that said, how old are you? What sex are you? What's your biggest problem? What meds are you on? How healthy are you? When do you work out? What kind of foods do you take? How much coffee you drink or tea or whatever else? When do you go to sleep at night and when do you wake up in the morning? And then what are your goals? That's the sliders you see at the back of the test. Like, what are your goals? And it, after I got that data in, I could start to kind of extrapolate some stuff. I would throw all this data. I'd extract the data from MySQL database, put it into a spreadsheet and go, that, 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 and that seem to be common threads on people that are that weight, that are male, that are 45 to 60 years old, that are going through, you know, the, the male equivalent of menopause, right? Andropause, and are having these issues and are maybe 20% overweight or 15% overweight and don't exercise often and drink four cups of coffee a day. Then I could kind of go boom and then nail it. And suddenly I was getting into the 90 percentile of, of performance with these people, like very high predictability. So now we fast forward now. We've had, you know, over 100,000 of those people come through. So that data becomes very dense and rich and we can do a lot with it. And so... When you fill out that form, the first thing is we do a neurochemical test, right? That's the first examination. And that's where you're talking about like disc or equivalent. And then the second one is these, who are you? And then the third part of that, which is built into the second test, is what do you want? Who do you want to be? How, you know, what's the performance parameters that are meaning things to you? Some people want to lean towards parasympathetic. They're too wired, they're too jittery, they're too on edge, and they need to chill a bit. And some people don't have the drive, desire, motivation, or other characteristics they need. And some people are already, like they're self-aware enough. They go, I need this, this, and this, and I just want more of this. I know exactly where I'm going with this. And so we were able to take like these hardcore, high-performance biohackers and take them to the next level because we've got these obscure nutrients and extracts that we can work with. And then the ratios are like some of the ratios can go up and down by 100% or more of, of this neurochemical precursor that we have in that component. And then you can also, I, I haven't adjusted my orders. I just like took the test and I just keep right. getting the same order. 
But one could customize, right? If they get the nine different formula and they're like, oh, I really like these three, then does, I, does... I do it almost daily. Oh, okay. What I mean by that is, is, um, is I give feedback. We have an app that comes with it. And so I you, saw that. Yeah, right. that's a new development. Yeah. yeah, it's like a 30-day journey where you exactly. can actually document. See, right. I, need to, I need to do this because... <laughs> I'm really... A, can I say I'm disappointed, man? <laughs> no, it's, a, it's kind of a... It's, I don't want to say it's a problem, but I think because of the work I do, A, I'm just, you know, kind of... Sure. I spearhead research and then tell people about it. It's kind of one of the things yeah. I do on this show and with my various social media platforms. But also, I think that old kind of addict mindset is is pretty much alive and well. And so, I get a box like this, and you know, there's instructions: do this this day. You know, mix it with this, mix it with that. The way that I typically do things, and I'm not suggesting this as smart at all. But if it's like take two, see what happens. I'm like, so what you're saying is take five, right? You know, in other words, like. <laughs> I'll take it to the threshold of like too much and then scale it back. Right. Where I think the more prudent and probably really ultimately more effective way is to scale up, right? You take one at a time. Like what the app seems to dictate right, is like, right. okay, at day one, you just take this. Yep. How do you feel? You, you, you know, you journal. You can journal it. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. journal in the app. Day two, try this. And then I noticed subsequently as you get deeper into that 30-day journey, okay, you liked that. Mix this with this and then mix that with that, Right. Stacks and stacks. Yeah, when I got this, I was like, well, if it's all good for you, I'm just going to take everything at once, which I literally (laughs) was doing just like willy-nilly. And I didn't have any negative outcomes, but then it was hard for me to tell like which of the form, is it the apex that I felt great with? Is it the mental reboot, upboot? Right. I couldn't tell which one was really grooving for me. And so I think now that I've had a few months of experience with this stuff, and I've, like I said, haven't had any net negative effects. Great. But I need to just really go through and discipline myself to try one thing at a time. And so in the past couple of days in preparation for this interview, I have in fact done oh, nice. that. And I found a couple of things and I want to go into some of these. Yeah. Uh, this morning, I or last night, I make a big glass of the Nectar X, mm-hmm. which is like a powder that comes in a, yeah. comes in a tube like that, for those of you on the video. And then I put in about a liter of water, stirred it up. And then I sipped a little bit of it yesterday because I had a little afternoon slump and I had some shit to do. And then I remembered, I think, from listening to one of your podcasts or maybe Matt saying, oh, you know, you make it and then just put it in the fridge. And then you kind of have like on-demand little elixirs of sorts, right? So today, mm-hmm. right when I woke up, I drank the rest of that kind of, I mean, you're supposed to sip it. I chugged it. But at least it was only one thing. <laughs> and I was like, and no coffee or anything. And I was like, holy shit, you know, within 30 minutes, I'm a very slow riser. Like I'm super out of it in the morning. I'm just a night person, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. The rest of the world doesn't seem to be. Um, next incarnation, I'm going to incarnate on a planet where everyone sleeps until 11 and is up all night. Perfect. <laughs> and then all business I, I transactions would've... start around noon. You know? Right, and, right, yeah. But anyway, here I am. <laughs> but yeah, I did that and I just did that and I was like, holy shit. Okay, I know what this feels like. And then I did the... Um, mental reboot, the AM capsule. I did that sublingually, just emptied it under my tongue and I only did those two. And I was like, this would be a great feeling if I had kind of an an easy day, like nothing Mm -hmm. too demanding. I didn't have to be focused. I just wanted to be like alert enough and have access to some creativity. So I kind of am getting the combination of those two. And then the other one that I isolated the other day was the power solution. And I was like, nice. this one's like aggression on demand. And, you know, it's like high performance, get yeah. ready, yeah. take slow. So I, I made another one of those. And it was 
I don't know what, how to compare it. It was the level of focus that I would get from something like modafinil. Mm-hmm. I sat at my computer, did a bunch of tedious, really, you know, um, yeah, tedious, repetitive tasks. Like what would I, not the lane that I naturally operate in, one that I really need some help to kind of wrestle my brain into like, all right, Luke, you're not getting up from this chair for four hours. You got to get this shit done. And I was like, God damn, the power solution is my secret sauce for that type of focus when I need it. Awesome. So I'm starting to get a sense for for each one, but maybe we could do just kind of a brief overview on some of them. Sure. And I'd like to tease out some of these obscure ingredients. You've mentioned a number of them during the course of this conversation, but I'm just curious, like, what the hell is that thing? All right, so <laughs> the Apex, this one yeah, here, yeah. is really, well, one thing that's interesting about these two that perhaps you could... Uh, illuminate for us is that many of these are like filled with fat for those watching the video there's some kind of oil or fat Mm -hmm. in the capsule and then others are actually a capsule inside of a capsule so when we get to those yeah yeah like that guy there which is really i mean i've just never seen anything like that but anyway the apex calmness creativity neurogenesis and this one says can be stacked with a buttered coffee, uh, which, by the way, I did later in the morning after I got a nice. sense of the Nectar X. I was like, yeah. got an interview. I'm going to push it a little bit. So I had a coffee with your... Um, oh, awesome. Yeah, with your... Call of Genius? Yeah, with the Call of Genius stuff in there, which is, by the way, delicious. And then I did one of these. So it looks like I'm on like four of your products today, <laughs> which is good for me. That's, that's discipline. That rocks, man, yeah. Uh, but a couple of the things in here that are interesting is i mean there's things that you recognize like theanine um grapeseed extract uh piperine cayenne curcumin Mm -hmm. guarana these are things i think people would be familiar with but there's something called uh anhydrous in here that i found interesting and then omnipept o omnipept o yeah yeah what what are what are these things about as we started um doing um extractions of different you know, grown herbs and things. We found that there was no definition for for the way when you start bonding them to other components, for for what that is that they become. Uh, I see. Right. So, and and we do all kinds of different bonding technologies and techniques to get you know this component to actually mate to this component, so that it will pass through the blood brain barrier, and then we'll send an enzyme in to separate those, so then they become the active neurochemicals. Oh wow! So, so you're merging molecules. Yep, emerging and and in finding a, a a you know a non-separation anxiety way to pull them apart. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So um, let's say like I just had the apex. One of my favorites, by the way. What would I mean? Obviously, it says calmness, creativity, neurogenesis. But what's the net effect, kind of 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 these particular that one ingredients? It, I built that as an endurance product um, that is a rather than have a very high level of energy which for some people can translate to anxiety. It was a bring the energy level up very smoothly. You almost don't notice it coming on. You just notice you don't have any fatigue. So you've got that kind of, one of the things you do with a microdose of monofinil is you don't necessarily feel wired. You just don't feel like you need to go to sleep right now. Right. Right. right? Yeah. Yeah. So that level of kind of calm, but effective, like what I love about that is I can work until 11 or 12 at night or, um, and I'd like to go, I, I'm forcing myself. I was the typical high-tech entrepreneur who went to bed at two or three in the morning, right? And I did that for many, many years, for decades. And then I realized that, because I'm working with programmers all over the world and, and those things. And 
like it's not very noisy at that time of night. Nobody's bugging me. Totally. So I can get shit done. I've always found late nights to be really productive. But then yeah. the price the next day is the rest of the world's right. up at six. Like, let's go. And I'm like, no. <laughs> now, now Ed, I'm going to digress for a second because that's just how I roll. But what I've noticed with morning people, and these are, you know, I have this kind of borderline contempt for them out of just envy, pure envy, because right. I would love to be that way. And I'm just, I think I'm just not. But morning people will tell me, oh, you can get that same time if you wake up at 4 a.m. And it's quiet. No one's interrupting you. Your email's not dinging. And I'm like, yeah, but it's 4 a.m. Like, who can do anything at 4 a.m.? You know, so I think we are just fundamentally different in that way. But I agree there, there is like a, when everyone kind of goes to bed and everything shuts down, you know, after say after 10 p.m., I'm like, okay, yeah. now I can actually do my deep creative work. But I almost think there's this comes with a cost because of the next day, you know, the deficit right. of sleep and all that. I can't tell if there's a, if there's, if it's spiritual or if it's, if it's, you know, you were talking about, we we're talking about, you know, EMF and, and the rest, but it seems that as the world quiets down, my head goes with it, it quiets down as well. And that it, the, it's, the more creative, the more genuinely creative art starts to emerge. And it doesn't feel like it's being tossed around or like it's being sucked up somewhere and then I've got to go find it again. It feels like it's very present. It's very much in front of me and I can actually accomplish something. And for, for me, like for you, the art that we do, the, whether it's communication or you know, I love building cool stuff, um, that emerges most when I'm in a state of flow. Stephen Kotler would love that yeah right? yeah he's been on the show yeah and and to be able to um not have to work to dive into that state of flow it comes it, it's almost like steve pressfield right yeah it's yeah. like you just do the work I was and just low shows right dude i interviewed um stephen pressfield the uh the war of art is this yeah. most famous book and um anytime i'm i want to do something and i just I'm avoiding it. Right, you know right, I mean? right, yeah. It's like, well, I, the should, resistance. I should probably go, you know, leaf blow the garage. I'm supposed to be writing a book. You know what I mean? I'm like, ah, Stephen Pressfield's voice is in my ear going, it's the resistance, Luke. You gotta beat the resistance. So after getting to know Luke, his, his model, resistance. now I see resistance everywhere. And it's right. so, it's just, my life is rife with resistance to doing the big, scary, hard thing, you know? When so I, if you have the right help in your brain, you're saying you can actually kind of hack that resistance and whoosh, absolutely and yeah. slip through the you know the gate of that thing that's making yeah. you avoid the hard thing well and that's i used to by the way I used to take that book um this is like santa monica 101 right i would take that book the little hardcover version of that book and i would take people to lunch and i would literally read them the book <laughs> <laughs> and it was it was so great because one it's a well-written book obviously but the other is is having a name for the thing and him as a former marine right Having a name for the thing, for the enemy or whatever, in this case, the resistance, was so powerful. Because before it was a, you know, there's, I'm being distracted or there's that thing over there. But having, being able to name it and then make it big enough that I can go, fuck you, resistance. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Very, very empowering. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Because without that identification of that phenomenon, it's like one is easily led into feeling like a loser. Right. Right. Because you're like, at the end oh, of the God. day, you're like, ah, I was supposed to, that was the big thing on my to do list today. But instead, I did all of this busy work to avoid the big thing. God, I suck. Right. You know, oh, the self esteem hit from yeah, ADHD. Yeah. yeah. 
versus reframing it and like, okay, the resistance was strong today. And, yeah, yeah. you know, at least I know what it was. Maybe tomorrow I might have, you know, a better shot at getting after it. Perhaps now, more than ever, humanity is under an incredible amount of stress. Hell, even when the world's not this insane, normal life can be stressful. And aside from just being uncomfortable, stress can take a toll on your body, raising your blood pressure, making it harder to sleep, draining you of vital energy, and making you more irritable. That's why I strongly recommend that you supplement with magnesium daily. A shocking 75% of people are magnesium deficient. That number might be even higher among business owners and C-level professionals. That's because stress depletes magnesium levels. And this can, of course, trigger a vicious cycle of rising stress and severe magnesium deficiency. This magnesium stuff is so important that it's involved in over 300 chemical processes inside your body. It's a critical mineral. Having enough magnesium can give you better sleep, more energy, healthy blood pressure, less irritability, a calmer mood, stronger bones, reduced muscle cramping, and even fewer migraines. Sounds awesome, right? Well, to experience these health benefits, you have to get the right kinds of magnesium, and most synthetic magnesium supplements just don't cut it. That's why I recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic, full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress relief and better sleep all in one bottle. This stuff's incredible, and I actually took one this morning before I left the house. I was thinking about that as I record these ads. I'm like, okay, when did I use it last? Yep, it was today and almost every day. So for an exclusive offer for you Lifestylist Podcast listeners, go to magbreakthrough.com slash Luke and use the code Luke10 at checkout to save 10% off and get free shipping. That's magbreakthrough.com slash Luke and use the code Luke10. All right, I want to get into a couple more of these here. So focused savagery. Yeah, yeah. Now this one I have not done. I've taken it in, you know, in conjunction with a bunch of other things, but I have yet to do like an isolated test where I okay. just wake up, drink a glass of water, have this and see what happens. But this one's, um, you know, could be kind of scary from the name and it's like in yeah. intense drive, <laughs> hyper productivity. And then it says provides aggression. And when I read that, I was like, I don't know if I need that. But, yeah. But there is a, something to aggression and that that might be the very thing we're looking for to break through that resistance right, right sometimes right. it's like you know what i'm sitting down right now i'm gonna do this shit whether my mind and body want me to or not so what's uh what's and, more and info on this one that's so i developed that as an alternative for people that were having hard time focusing who may have been former or were existing um adderall users or equivalent uh, okay and one of the things that i'm a really big advocate of is working with you're a medical professional. I'm not a medical doctor, nor am I. I do play one on the internet. Yeah. So is, is um, helping the people to, to be able to titrate down off of the instruments, the current you know, pharmaceutical instruments are on to help recover their brains. Because we talked about that downregulation of receptors and downregulations of neurochemicals from having something that traps the neurochemical between the synapses and signals, I got enough right yeah, which basically yeah. tells the body to quit producing it and now you're you're screwed because you don't have enough and it can't recover fast enough and if you do it long enough it can't recover it doesn't recover so now you're kind of addicted to it and now you need it to operate so the idea behind that in my original was one for me right i didn't want to be on adderall 
And I was only on it once or twice a month anyhow, but it made me such an asshole when I was on it. I didn't want that effect. The other was, is I found enough of our clients, so many of our clients were using that as their performance drug. And I wanted to find a solution to that or modafinil or others that would give them the dopaminergic activity that they needed to follow through on things, to stay focused and to have driver motivation so they could face down the resistance and to do it in a way that would be non-destructive to the neurotransmitters and the, and the neurochemistry of the brain. And also they could start working on, on chipping their meds with their doctor's help, chipping their meds. So maybe they could work with a quarter of the amount of their med and use this as a way to kind of fill in the blanks on the rest of it. And eventually maybe even be able to eliminate the med altogether so that they're kind of re- restoring their brain and taking advantage of neurogenesis and some of those things that you can get from those products. Awesome. All right. So focus savage, savagery. And then this one is another one of those that comes with this capsule. I don't know. I just like these. It just looks like some otherworldly <laughs> stuff here. But this one comes with these capsules that it's like in multi-layers, yeah. right? You have like a fat layer, then a number of different colors in them. That I, wasn't done for cosmetics, just so you know. I mean, it looks cool. It's a good marketing <laughs> trick. But I, I'm, I, I would assume that some of the nutrients that you're using in these capsules are fat-soluble. And so you're, it's like a carrier fat. Are there other benefits to it's any a, of the fats a, in here it's too? It's a carrier fat. Um, it is a, a very potent omega-3 carrier fat. It also reduces inflammation. Ah, okay. Um, it, it helps to pull. So the reason it's in two pieces like that is, is the, the oil will, will separate and dissolve in the stomach, right? At that pH at the 2.5 to, to 4.2 pH, it'll dissolve. It'll get through the stomach lining and, and into the bloodstream. And then the other components will dissolve later on, like pasiduodenum typically. And so you're at, at more like the 6 to 7, 7.2 pH. And then go and it'll meet up with the oil. The oil will carry it through the blood-brain barrier and then it can go do its magic. Ah, so That's freaking cool. The other is that vitamin D is where we have a deficit of vitamin D because we work indoors. And so there's 2,000 to 5,000 IU of vitamin D and typically about 100 micrograms of vitamin MK2, MK7, right? So, that, so we're basically cleaning out the excess calcium from the bloodstream, putting it on the bone, increase bone density. And yeah, I'm a big the, fan of K2. Huge, yeah. huge. So, yeah. yeah. Especially with all the EMF, you know, you got Big the time. cells being flooded with calcium. It's crazy to me. People still take like calcium supplements. I know, I'm I like, know, right? Yeah. Just go sit by your Wi Fi router and your cells are have more <laughs> calcium than they could ever hope for. Uh, all right. Another, another one. And this one I have done a little bit of uh, isolated testing with because there's just days where I already feel stimulated. So I've done this, um, this one upbeat. Mm-hmm. And this one, confidence, ambition, positivity. Yeah. This one I've noticed to be, and by the way, these all, one thing that I think is cool, it tells you which ones to stack them with. Yeah. So yeah. I have tried to pay attention to that. Cool. You know, at least like, all right, if, I, if I'm like, I want a little more, I'm doing an experiment, I will do that. But this one I've noticed to be, I mean, true to its name, um, a pretty good social nootropic. That's it, exactly. Okay. So before I got here, I grabbed, I grabbed an upbeat, and a brain flow. They're complementary. They work really well together. And then a couple shots of Xamarin juice. So that's my social, um, one is it reduces social anxiety and it increases my, um, you know, whether it's word choice or whether it's the fluidity of a conversation. 
and allows me to get into flow and also increases kind of my love. Like, I don't know, chakra is the term, but essentially my connectivity with you is higher. Right. And so, and I like to, I think that that's a really worthwhile thing to explore, especially when you're in a, in a, in a environment like this, where we want to see like, what are the deep, you know, what are the rabbit holes we want to pursue? What are the things we want to stay surface on? And then how do we want to explore the different um, sciences within this? So cool. Yeah. Okay. Um, then I mentioned power solution. This one, aggression on demand. <laughs> and like, and this one, I think just looking at the ingredient deck has a, a larger number of ingredients than some of the other ones. And this is one of the powders for those listening. So this, you're going to open this little or large capsule into water and kind of, yeah. you know, I could sip it over the a period of time. But as I said, this was the one where I was like, holy shit, like yeah. I am crushing it. So this is kind of like my reserve when I know I have something that's demanding to do in terms of focus. Uh, what's the, what's the uh, formulation behind this one? So the, the trick on that one was to take um, the things that we had learned from building Nectar X, which was the first product I ever developed, was now called Nectar X. It used to be called NZT, right, from the movie, Limitless. And the, with Nectar X, I said, you know what? I bet if I could put people into a, an artificial level of keto, ketosis, I could then optimize the shit out of that and get that to be kind of one of the core signaling elements to increase the focus. And that's what I did with that. So oh, I developed cool. for gamers originally. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> right? That makes sense, yeah. Because I'm not a gamer, but that's the kind of focus. Your kill-to-death ratio rocks with that. <laughs> yeah, but that's, yeah. <laughs> like, if I was going to play a video game, it would be like the one where you go plant flowers or something. You know, like <laughs> I don't think I'd be wanting to shoot people. Oh, shit. I could just see I, that now. I try to eliminate those thoughts from my mind as much as possible. But yeah, that I think that makes a lot of sense because it's it's like the focus you're looking for sometimes is the focus that still allows you to have a lot of moving parts going at once, right? right? So thinking right. of gaming, like there's a type of focus, the modafinil focus, let's call it, where like I'm going to focus on one thing and no one better interrupt me or you're right. going to get some heat and I will crush that one thing, but I can't like multitask or bring in different threads no. of information or focus. In other words, like it's single focus. So what you're going for here is the ability, yeah, to have focus, but also to have kind of multi-awareness. Big time. And have maybe like a bit less um, task yeah, switching you, fatigue. You can be on this headset. You can be playing you can, your buddies or whatever. I don't yeah. game either, but Matt does. Right. And so, right, so, so Call of Duty, you know, is happening. And, he's, and literally that's what he'll do. <laughs> he'll text me and go, dude, my, you know, my, my, my kill to death ratio rocks. Oh, <laughs> Thanks God. for the... Yeah, thanks for the power. I mean, listen, you know, something to be said for that is I think we we all do have, well, maybe not all of us, but many of us do have that innate warrior and killer. And right. as far as an outlet for that, it's better than, you know, getting out of your car and hitting someone in traffic. You know what I mean? It's like if you're gonna get <laughs> Michael it out, Douglas and falling down, yeah, right? Totally, yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. That that's that's one of my favorite films, in fact. Well, you know, that's how Xander came about. How? Uh, a, What's the relation? Uh, so there was a lady in Portland, Oregon, who oh. owned a bunch of medical, uh, uh, clinical care um, facilities in the Portland, Vancouver. And Portland, Vancouver have two routes, I-5, Interstate 5, and I-205. If you've been in LA, you know what I-5 looks yeah. like, or San Diego, or any yeah, of those. I've been stuck on it many times. Exactly, yeah. It's like the 405 during peak hour. So in Portland, it's the same thing. She was getting to the point where she said, I'm going to get out of my car one day and beat up a trucker if you don't find me a solution. And so that's what I developed that for. Something she could take three or four or five or eight squirts and immediately tone down, GABA receptor up, 
little bit of serotonin to make her feel happy at the same time and do that. So that's how that came about. And it totally changed her life. She was, yeah. That's so. cool. That must be why I like sitting it on my desk, you know, as the variety of emails roll through. Right, exactly. Some of them are good news, some of them not, you know, depending on how you look at it. So yeah, that one's that one's useful. Where does the name Zamner come from with this stuff? Matt and Wade at one time were not just your clean cut boys, um, uh, you know, making really cool nutritional supplements. They were um, a bodybuilder, right? One of the top world ranked national bodybuilders, um, a vegetarian bodybuilder, all natural, no, no roids or anything, and a trainer who happened to be an absolutely incredible marketer and communicator who also trained women on self-defense for seven years doing Krav Maga and some of those things. And they traveled down to, to, to Panama and when they got into the party zone, like you may have been in the party zone once when you were an addict. Or I've, been, I've been in a couple party zones. You know, in the party zone? Yeah. Yep. So when they were in the super party zone, right, at a rave or whatever, that was Zamner. Dude, uh, we are totally Zamner. That's funny. That's yeah, so that's for Zamner. That's <laughs> of course. Matt, I, I apologize if I spilled the beans, brother, but. <laughs> oh, Matt's pretty open and forthcoming cool. about his his past and whatnot. All right, the last one is uh, brain flow, and then awesome. on, on this one it says stacks well with everything. It does. So is this one just kind of like a you know brain health? It's an type? overall potentiator for everything um, because of the concentration of the salastrus paniculatus and some of the other components in it. When it gets in the blood brain barrier, it increase through the blood brain barrier and gets into the brain and distributes it increases the oxygen flow into the brain as well as the potential for acetylcholine. It doesn't like force acetylcholine into the synapse. It just has a lot of precursors available so that whatever you want to do with it, you can do with it. And that can be as simple as going, I want to focus and you'll then you'll be able to focus better. Or it says, I want to have a focus savagery and I want to go be an, a, like a rock star, or I want to take Xamner and I want to be more chill or better chill or more functional while I'm chill. Those kinds of things. So it. It, it brings your baseline up. Okay. The the other component um, that's similar to that is Metal Reboot AM, which is a sublingual. The one I did time. this morning. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's I consider that kind of the the let's clear your canvas and let's let's um, bring a palette of colors available to you, and then you can pick the colors of choice for the day. So, and those colors might be again any of the different nootropics that you do, or your practice meditation, or going out and doing whatever your sport is or with the mental reboot there's an am and a pm yeah, yeah can you do the pm one like before bed like that late PM? that's what yeah that's what you want to oh, do okay, yeah okay. yeah so and i made that because at night you probably know this part in the sleep cycle right is your brain your brain starts to to um, shrink slightly and what happens is around the capillaries you open up a space around the capillaries for cerebral spinal fluid to flow so the idea of where that was um, when, so I'm from Washington State, okay? And that's where I started the company. And when I did that, um, about, I think it was 2013 or 2014, weed became illegal. And so now people were doing weed like openly. And I've, my clients were all over the United States. And so they were finding ways to get weed if, they, you know, if it wasn't legal. Yeah. And so- Never, never stopped me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I was, when I was young, when I, I started smoking weed when I was in fifth grade and I quit in seventh grade. So- and, and I became a runner, like an aggressive, hardcore runner. I ran a 236 mile or 436 mile. Um, so I was really, you know, competitive. My big brother, my hero, Doug, um, was the one that convinced me to do it. He said, he said, hey, bro, I want you to quit smoking weed. It's not good for you. 
I'm going to quit. I'm going to take up running. He lied, but he saved my life, right? So you got to love that guy. And what I noticed was that six months after running every day in school, ran a thing called the jaunt around the, around the fence, around the school, right? And then running, I ran um, a 2.5 mile loop, like really aggressively, like sprinting a two and a half mile group every day. And six months into it, I woke up on a Saturday morning and my head was finally clear, meaning that I could tell the difference in cognitive performance between my weed smoking days and my non-smoking days, but it took six months at 13 years old to get that clarity to come back. So I have these clients that are high-end executives at the biggest corporations in America and worldwide who rely on their performance and their cognitive performance to be effective at what they do. And they rely on our stuff to give them that edge. So they were starting to go, well, I, to wind down at night, I'm, instead of having a, a, a cocktail, I'm going to go have a bong, bong hit. And they were, we were starting to see a performance decrease. And so I said, okay, I can, I can fix this. How does the brain work to detox at night? And I, I found that, right, that literature, and there was an NCBI on that, that cerebral spinal fluid, right, evacuates, pulls out the toxins and the mitochondrial, you know, refuse at the end of the day, pulls it out of your, into your spine and then out of your body. That's what happens at night when you sleep. So how could I accelerate that process and accelerate that so that it pulled out everything so that you're not dealing with a toxic environment or a competing environment? Just like the caps, when you say, why, why the layers? Well, we have, you know, we've got anti-inflammatory and adaptogen in one layer. We've got really, really intense B vitamins in another layer and some, some non-stimulant stimulants where they basically, the gut can detect that there's like cayenne. And so it can say, okay, we're going to do a very slow release of, of adrenaline, right? Or noradrenaline. And we're going we're gonna to do that just to, just to kind of wake up the body a little bit. So we do that. Then we do antioxidants, hardcore antioxidants. Because a lot of us are dealing with, with oxidative stress and we're dealing with adaptogenic response, stress, cortisol, overload, um, and inflammation. So if we can remove those, increase our B vitamin levels, which act as enzymes in the body. A lot of people don't know that, but the B vitamins are effective enzymes. And then we can go, okay, now, now we've got something we can work with. Now we've gotten rid of a lot of the things that keep people from performing. Those alone is a great product. That would be a, a world-class product, right? Let's get uh, it. And I'm assuming not only for, you know, um, eliminating the negative effects of that evening bong hit, but probably, and I don't drink, but probably a good hangover prevention tool, I'm Absolutely. assuming too. Yeah, yeah. I even made, I mean, one of the products that we made, I was pretty proud of is I made a, uh, a whole system for getting Lil John for helping him recover from the amount of liquor he drinks every night when he's on stage. <laughs> so <laughs> you guys are going to infiltrate the rap scene with nootropics. <laughs> yeah, it's, so so the cool thing with that yeah. is when you remove those toxins, your wakefulness, like you said, you you wake up slow. Take that tonight, and maybe even do a couple of hits of that, like four hits of our sleep spray, that emerging sleep spray we're doing. And when you wake up in the morning, you'll find yourself much crisper. Then you'll normally nice. Be. I need that, and it, it's great. And it, it allows you. I'm the same way. My my girlfriend likes to, you know, she's like business. She's got a laptop in her lap, like before I even, you know, pull a pillow off my head, and um, and so she's that early morning, and then dies at ten o'clock at night. She's. It's funny. Same with my wife Allison. She wakes up. She's whistling, just yeah, hopping yeah, yeah. around. I'm like, how are you this awake? And then yeah, nine p.m. If I don't catch her before nine, yeah. 
she's going to start fading. Like if I want any quality time, it's you're going before nine. Exactly. By 10, she's out. You know, it's yep. just so interesting how we're wired so differently. Uh, one thing I wanted to touch on before yeah. we uh, wrap up here is the phenomenon of microdosing. So yeah. many people now are starting to take very small amounts of, you know, psilocybin mushrooms or LSD and using those as performance enhancers, which, mm -hmm. which I do. I kind of forget about it, but when I remember, I'll do that. Um, on certain days, I find a microdose of LSD to be really, really helpful for, it's like a merging of focused and creativity, Yeah, uh, which is just awesome. But I'm curious, um, and I think with psilocybin for me, it's not so much a, like a productivity or focus or work thing like the effects of LSD, but it's more on the creativity side. You know, and, and also just mood enhancing, just kind of right, up, very positive, right? Yeah, because the serotonin, you know, the way it works with serotonin, the rest. I don't even know. I'm just oh, yeah. like, yeah, mushrooms are great. I should probably take a tiny bit a couple of days a week. <laughs> uh, but I'm wondering if any of your formula. I don't know whether or not you can even say this because these substances are illegal in the state in which we are recording right now. But yeah. um, are there any that would be complementary, or just what's your take on that in general? I actually helped to pass the laws in Portland, uh, in Oregon, on on making. Uh, psilocybin or psychedelics legal um, in clinical use. Oh, cool. So, yeah, yeah. So, you should make a hat, make mushrooms great again. <laughs> <laughs> or make mushrooms legal again, right? There they, you go. Yeah, they, yeah. They were. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> Dude, that would be so good. I got to do that. It'll yeah. be red. It'll have a. And right. you make it out of a mushroom like Paul Stamets. Right, you know? right. Yeah. 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 I got a great yeah. picture of Paul and I together um, doing that. It's funny. It was funny because I was handing him, I was handing him a test tube of, of upbeat. And he like, he just like, like, and he had his assistant, he goes, grab that. And, you know, she grabs it and, and he goes, he goes, dude, he goes, you have no idea um, how, how often the DEA is like looking at me oh, and going, dude, this yeah. is not drugs. It's not, you know, these are nootropics. It's good. So it's great. It was a funny conversation afterward, but, but I'm, I'm, uh, so this is on the record, off the record, right. Um, is I have had, when I was 16, I did um, a macrodose. And then I became a state tennis champion. Okay. And it was, it got me into a state that was completely different. Have you ever played tennis or do you know the game at all? I played once. Okay. Yeah, literally I played tennis. Is that right? Oh, it's great. Yeah, with, with, with my dad and, uh, and family, yeah. I love it. Well, and shockingly, I've, I've never been good at any sports or been interested in them, but I was actually really good at it. It, so like that, naturally yeah yeah and my dad was like you played this before i'm like no he goes you're really good i was like okay cool hand-eye coordination <laughs> i don't know i've never been athletic but i i actually despite my disinterest in sports as a whole i actually had fun and it's surprising awesome. i guess i just don't have a tennis court around otherwise i'd probably do it it was fun it's, so anyway no no so so um what it did for me was it shifted my perspective i was a i was a, a gear hound i had you know like eight rackets or six rackets each tune to what ball, you know, what, what, you know, was it a pen or was it a Wilson or was it right? Uh, and, and then what surface I was on, how long the balls have been in play, whether I was serving or receiving serve like that critical. Damn. I memorized every movement of the top players in the world. And I, and I, I stood between two sliding glass doors, pulled the drapes at my parents' home. And I just went through looking at, at still stop motion, you know, of that particular stroke. And I, grooved it in until I knew it. So I was emulating my heroes in the game, Elena Stassi and Bjornborg and, and, you know, Guillermo Vilas and those people. And so I, I really geared it in. We were losing. 
I'd already won singles. We are in doubles. The mushrooms kicked in. In my head, a song kicked in. The song was a 7-8 time signature, which is a weird time signature. I, for some reason, you know, this is like Mushrooms 101, right? I knew the guys on the other side of the net, this is 1977 or 78, guys on the other side of the net had a 2-4, or 4-4 song going in their head. Because I thought people had song going in their head because it was on Mushrooms. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm in the middle of a competitive tennis match. And because they were going to have, you know, they're going to have, you know, disco, country, or rock, right? It was kind of like how I broke it down in my head. And I had this weird time signature. I hit the ball behind my back. It was a winner. And that led to, um, to going, I'm, you know, and we won the point. We were down and we, and if they would have won that point, we would have lost the set and the match and it would have been over. And then we killed them and we just, you know, were indomitable. I got into the fact that I was dancing. I was no longer working. I was playing what I think that microdosing and even macrodosing on occasion can do is get you out of your critical thinking mind, right? Out of this part right here and start getting into that creative and play level where, and this goes back into Tai Chi or it gets into watching an episode of Kung Fu or Stephen Kotler talking about flow. It allows, it, it gets rid of the barrier between your critical thinking mind and the, the systematic steps that we do to perform any given thing and says, let's just go play with this. And I think that's a really valuable place to be. Um, I can't wait. I mean, someday it'll be legal and we'll be able to use it. Um, until that point, I'm, you know, I've got to work with what I've got. We are creating a product called um, that'll be released, I think, in two months um, called Dopa Drops and Euphoria. It's a pairing of two capsules. One is a three-stage dopamine enhancer that basically increases the available levels of dopamine, but it doesn't push dopamine on you. It just gives you a lot of available dopamine. Oh, cool. And it does it over time. Kind of like a safer and more legal version of the LSD microdose. Right. And then, the, and then there's a second capsule. And the second capsule has a monoamine oxidase inhibitor that basically um, blocks the, or it blunts or it, it absorbs the enzyme in your gut that would get rid of this phenylethylamine that is the pleasure um, neurochemical in your, you know, the, in your body and serotonin and some of the other factors. It, it um, blocks the breakdown of that so it lasts for a lot longer, for about four, four and a half hours. And then it releases, um, so it blocks that first and then it releases phenylethylamine in the lower part of the gut so it can be kind of a slow extraction. So then it gives you this really lovely rise in euphoria. And so now you have dopamine and euphoria combined together and you just feel like, like let's go do some cool shit, man. Wow. Right? Like for wow. me, getting up on a whiteboard at that point is a real blast because everything is firing so fast and I could just, I can just pick them out of the air and go arrange them, you know? Or, or going and doing, like I'll do an aggressive bike ride or something and just have a blast and I'll crank Pearl Jam and I'm done, you know, it's just rocking it. Those kinds of things. And I think that th- those, that's a state that I think people need to experience more often because we get so serious about what's going on or we're impinged upon by the seriousness of situations when in reality, this is all a game, man. And we really need to, to realize that, that it's not a win or lose proposition. It's, this, you know, it's a fluid state and there's a big, huge continuum of, of what winning and losing is. And we just need to start enjoying the whole process instead of putting a value. You know, that I think is probably, and I've had a lot of benefits from the intentional use of plant medicines and psychedelics, but I would say maybe the main overarching benefit has just been 
taking it all a little less seriously, right? Because you yeah. go in, I mean, in a macro dose kind of situation, you realize that all this is made up, you right? Know? <laughs> Just like <laughs> it's because you, you go to a place where you're not encumbered by your perception of reality being based on your senses, right? Because these other senses open up. And when those other senses open up, you realize that there's much more to you than just your thoughts, feelings, emotions, sensations, your body, your being here, your physical locality. You're somewhere else, yet you're still here, right? And then you emerge from that and you kind of have to put the pieces of your intellect and persona back together and pretend like you're a person. (laughs) You know, is what it feels like to me. But in that pretending like you're a person again, because you know we're here functioning on Earth and there's a purpose to our lives and we've been born into a body, I think, for a reason. And so you get back to you know being a person again. But there's still that memory. If, at least this is how it is for me. There's still that memory and, and, and visceral experience of knowing, not just an idea, but knowing that there's more to it than this. And in that, the seriousness of like, ah, it just gets less heavy. You know, I notice that sometimes even just I'll, I used to have this like sense of guilt, for example, if I didn't, this is a very inconsequential example of this, but if I didn't get back to people's emails very quickly, right. it would stress me out. I'd be like, oh, I got 50 emails that are unread and like, ah, oh. and now I, I'm just like, eh, what's going to happen? You know, it's like, so they don't like me or the deal is slower, doesn't happen. And it's just like, eh, whatever, I'll get to it when I get to it, you know? And that's just one example of just, Wearing the world like a looser garment in general, right? I and love just, that. That's a great. I, I've got inbox two hundred and seventy thousand right now. Yeah, I can imagine. You know, so, <laughs> I can imagine. Inbox zero is a far cry, but I, I love that. I think that um, you know the this you know the great spiritual leaders and 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 some of the you know, gurus of our age have you know they they work so hard to re, you know to help us um, untether ourselves from from the things that bind us. You know, and from our, our our structured belief system that we use to try to like operate within this world, and I think that's one of the magics of that. When I was when I was um, nine and a half years old, my parents divorced. It was devastating, like devastating. And they never fought or anything. They divorced. My my oldest sister had left home, and they didn't know how to deal with it. And so, um, the same one that was shooting up, right? So, they and and my parents were incredible people. Um, my my sister closest to me in age said, I've got an extra ticket. My, my boyfriend and I are going to the Chicago concert, the band Chicago, right? Great band. And um, she goes, I got an extra ticket. She goes, and, and I was really depressed. And I was trying to journal. We didn't call it journaling. I didn't know what we called it back then. But it was recommended that I get my feelings out on paper. And they just were gobbledygook and they didn't make any sense. And they weren't, I couldn't connect with them. And, and um, they ended up being Susie and Rhymes. So you know what I mean? Like Dr. Seuss, like, like shit rhymes, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm third row back, and there's a song called Questions 67 and 68. It's a great old song. And then uh, followed by one called Dialogue. And in those songs, they have the, the vocals go back and forth between these two, these two um, elements. One is an optimist and one's a pessimist. And they're kind of volleying this, this commentary back and forth. Well, what about this shitty thing? Well, yeah, but what about this awesome thing? And back and forth, right? And I'm sitting there as this, you know, this kid and i go holy crap i don't have to write the stuff i gotta go find it somebody's had the emotional experience already and i just need to go become really good at finding it so i got home and i went through all my old elton john albums and all the pink floyd albums and all the beatles albums and all the zeppelin albums and i'm just going oh my god this is awesome 
all these guys have been through these emotions. I don't have to find, they're right there, right? Like when I, you know, I think of, of Counting Crows and um, August and everything after there's, um, Around Here is a great tune. And the first paragraph in that song, if you ever read that, it'll like blow your fucking mind. It is so rich in visual imagery and in heart. And you go, oh my God, that's great. Or, or, or in your eyes, Peter Gabriel or, you know, or Salisbury Hill on transition. If you're going through transition, Salisbury Hill is an incredible song to dictate transition. I think these are the tools that we've been given to be able to explore. And you take something like a microdose or you take something like a nootropic or you take something like, it could be anything, um, to help enhance that connection with these emotional things and also provide direction. Like, like I, I think that if we could get you know, these, these kids that are going off the rails because of whatever was the meds or, or, or the fear or, or, you know, bad psychiatry or whatever. And, you know, and they start shooting up a mall or a, or a grade school and we could show them there, man, dude, somebody's been where you're at. They relate. There are these incredible tools. I know that went off the rails with this, but I think that, I think that, um, you have clearly have an appreciation for music, former bass player. Yeah. Um, yeah. right. Music saved my life, man. Dude, that's it. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't think I could have. Well, two things saved my childhood. One was copious amounts of marijuana, and the other, even prior to that, was music. I mean, really, that was exactly what you're saying. And even more so, maybe than the lyrics at that time, was just the energetics of it. Right? Yeah. There was a spirit flowing through the first Jimi Hendrix. I think oh. Jimi Hendrix for me was the first one where I was like, "What? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah." Oh my God, you know, just, I'll never forget how exhilarating, you know, Foxy Lady, like what is happening That's exactly here? what was playing, man. Yeah. yeah, like whatever this is, I got it, this is it, you know, and then set out to do that for a long time. But yeah, there's, it's the language of the heart, right? You it know? is. It's, I mean, you can listen, to, I listen to sometimes, you know, Brazilian music. I have no idea what they're saying in Portuguese, but it's, it's the vibe. You get the energy of it, you know? Who, who are some of your, who's some of your, the bands that have really moved you or? Well, you know, I think it changed over the years when I was younger because I was just in a different state of mind. I was struggling a lot. I listened to a lot of really heavy music. So when I was a kid, it was like all about Black Sabbath and, yeah. you know, then into like 80s heavy metal. And then there was like a punk rock phase and all kinds of different phases. But I would say now the music I most relate to and probably just play, well, I say most of the time here in the house, I play some kind of mantras or ikaros spiritual music world mm -hmm. music that kind of stuff just kind of like background music that's more kind of um yeah non-lyrical yeah just in, indigenous just right innate human music but like the music if you made me make a desert island right yeah you yeah know, you don't want deserted your, island your song, playlist list, yeah yeah it's like beatles stones pink floyd neil young uh Ray Zepp fan at all yeah zeppelin like I like their mellow songs now. It's like like thank you and yeah, yeah ten years going gone to California, going to California. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like the stuff that's kind of too rocking is a little. I don't know. I, that music, like really rocking music, is a bit jarring on my nervous system at this point in life. Sure. You know, so I find, I'll find, if I listen to something like that, I'll skip the loud songs. You know, same so, with the Stones. Like I want to listen to like Angie and not Brown Sugar or something. You right. Know? Like I right. like the ballads and slower tempo songs. But I would say like classic rock kind of just americana rock whether it's from america or not but that blending of blues and country and um, yep. the grateful dead John Cougar. yeah you know just like good old like american rock and roll basically yeah, yeah, yeah. you know that's that's probably if i had to make my you know deserted island playlist it'd probably be that but i figured out if you make that playlist 
if you pick double albums, you get twice as much money. You know, dude, 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 <laughs> twice yeah. as much music. I mean, Years so ago. you know, Exile on Main Street, the right. Beatles White right. Album, <laughs> um, Yes Songs. Yeah, what? Yeah, pink, yeah, yeah. I think there's a Pink Floyd double album. You know, whatever the yeah. double albums are. But it's funny. You know, an interesting thing, and this is such a tangent. And then we'll wrap it up. I swear, <laughs> for the people still listening, like, oh my God, guys, where these really? guys go? Yeah, what country? Blame it on this goddamn black box right here. <laughs> um, but. You know, with with music, it's um, it's it's the great communicator, and it's it's just the way that we have a universal language, right? You know, and it has such an ability to alter the way that you feel. You know, state change, man. Yeah, like whether you want to go deeper into a feeling that you know you 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 need to experience, or you're just like, God, get me out of here. I need to change it. And that I think when I was a kid, that Jimi Hendrix is what did that. It was just like, oh, I'm in a different universe. I got to to help establish a company called trike t-r-i-k-k-e three-wheeled scooter you stand on and you use camber thrust to make it go so you jerk it left and right to make it go and i used to live right above the columbia river so i had this this little house and i had it and you'd go down and it was a, about a half mile down to the river or quarter mile down to the river and so i would put on dirty vegas like i had this very specific list of you know when you finally get into the pure curation of music and you go, this song is the one I launch with. I launch with this Genesis tune, right? Dance on a Volcano. Then I go to Dirty Vegas. And then I go to, and you, and you can suddenly, you can literally articulate your mood, your creativity, your innovation, your, you know, your, your energy, right? Your follow through, your sensitivity, all of that through these kind of musical passages. They become your you music. You just reminded me of my get up and go song. Like if I do a talk or something publicly as the Stones, can't you hear me knocking? Dude, dude, <laughs> that's like, well, come on. You come put on. headphones on and put that song on loudly. I mean, it's going to make you feel something. It's so groovy. That's, that's my one. That's my one. It is. I love it. Yeah. I love it. All right, you guys, let's give some love to one of my all-time favorite products, the old school Organifi Green Juice. If you want to get 12 superfoods packed with vitamins, minerals, and antioxidants into your body without spending $10 to $15 on a bottled juice, this stuff is the answer. Now, I'm going to be real. I'm not a big salad or even vegetable guy, but I have always been a fan of green juice. However, green juice has some issues apart from the crazy high cost of organic fresh pressed juice, such as the fact that if you make it yourself, it's very time consuming and messy as hell in the kitchen, not to mention the limited shelf life of fresh juice. And even if you're buying high-quality produce, it's likely that it was grown with suspect irrigation water and NPK fertilizers. I sometimes think about the amount of water in something like celery or cucumbers, for example. So unless I grow up myself or know the farmer, I'm not that excited about drinking it on a regular basis. And lastly, a lot of green juice just frankly tastes nasty. Not Organifi Green, though. With epic ingredients like moringa, ashwagandha, spirulina, chlorella, matcha powder, turmeric, wheatgrass, and beet powder, this stuff is not only power-packed with nutrition, but I got to say, somehow they actually figured out a way to make it taste delicious, like really delicious. You might even be able to trick your kids into drinking it. It tastes so good. To swoop up some of this sweet green goodness, just go to Organifi.com slash Lifestylist. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I. Organifi.com slash Lifestylist and use the code Lifestylist for 20% off any item in the store.
the last thing I wanted to cover with you, and sure, we'll, man. we'll get out of here, and I'll probably say it in the outro, but I meant to say this earlier. We're going to put the show notes for this episode at lukestory.com slash newts, N-O-O-T-S. Awesome. And within there, we'll also have a link to the Newtopia stuff, and I'm sure a discount code or something. I'll cover that in the intro and the outro. But um, circling back to the microdosing, and then you mentioned, you know, in certain times and places for certain people, macrodosing could have Mm -hmm. benefits, as you indicated. Is there anything in what you do that could be useful for recovery from some of those overstimulating experiences for people who are sitting in plant medicine ceremonies or, you know, journeying in ways that are kind of really rocking their brain? And I ask that because I've noticed um, over the past few years in which I've really benefited from some of those experiences, I've kind of incrementally learned how to supplement mm-hmm. sometimes during and, and definitely after to get me back to baseline. So the, the most obvious of this, I think, would be something like MDMA where you're just really, and this is not something I'm particularly a fan of, but right. One, if I think what really gives you a bad hangover after a positive experience would be that, you know, you're just, whatever is happening, you're depleting your serotonin and people will take 5-HTP as a remedy for that. Um, What's your take on, you know, helping to sort of regenerate the overstimulation or the trashing our minerals or whatever is going on in, in that kind of experience? That's actually a great, a great question. Um, we actually developed um, a analog to Molly that's an all-natural one that made it really big a few years ago called Katie. Um, if you look up Katie, K-A-T-Y, in like Playboy magazine, Katie, and, and it, well, <laughs> you'll probably get a bunch of other Katie's yeah, okay, on there. Where we going? But I think Magnetic Mag did it, and, and um, EDM and YourEDM.com did reviews of that as well. Um, and it was... Essentially, it was I, I wanted to make a non-destructive, non-neurodestructive equivalent to Molly that um, had enough euphoria that you would feel good. You might not be fully rolling, but you might be partially rolling, and then you wouldn't. You when you came out of it, you felt better than when you went in, versus wanting to hide away in a corner for a couple of days while your your dopamine and serotonin recovered. Right. So, um, the power solution is actually really, really great for that. And gobblicious, those two together work really well. When I say together, like taken the same day, because mm-hmm. they're going to do a lot of restorative neurotransmitter restoration. This, though, is your baby. Uh, okay. Call it genius. Yeah, because I mean, here's the, the kind of trick is when we started doing those extractions and coming up with these, this kind of final formulation, um, this is for every dose, which is two scoops in like six ounces of water or, or in coffee or whatever, however you like to take it, that's the equivalent of a pound and a half of pure mushroom extract so it's not it's not you know angel mama's coffee so the the cool part of that is that the bdnf brain-derived neutrophic factor is one of the keys to repairing the brain because of the neurogenesis that it it you know experiences so it's uh, this is really powerful those two are incredibly powerful and the apex is your baby like take apex take apex take apex and brain flow together and the oxygenation of the brain, which is going to then release a bunch of the toxins and the rest of it, also restoring your neurochemicals, especially acetylcholine, um, huge because that, and, and of course the dopamine will be, or the, the serotonin will be re- restored as well. Um, remember that the gut is the majority of the serotonin, right? It's 90 to 96% or 94%. And the rest of it is in the brain. And the vagus nerve just transfers and said, Hey, I've got a bunch of serotonin down here. I think maybe you want some up here. And, and that signaling component is really important so you want to restore those chemicals and those the the 
Power Solution and, and um, Nectar X are really great for that. Again, when you get into the, to the Power Solution, that aggression is just going into ketosis combined with the nootropics. So nootropics, and because it, it, it basically just says, I don't, I'm going to run on ketones right now for a while instead of glucose. Brain loves glucose. Brain needs glucose. So if I run on ketones, now I've got a very, very um, limited scope of range, and I'm going to stay within that range. That's why the super focus activity that happens under that. Awesome. Thank yeah. you. I'm sure a lot of, because I've done a number of shows about different plant medicines and stuff, and I'm sure people are listening that have had like a San Pedro or mushroom headache, which is like a headache. Oh my God. Like, like no other. Um, I'm sure they'll be appreciative of, of that resource. If you want to potentiate, like one of the ways to explore um, some of the psychedelics um, and have less of a potential hangover effect is preload with nootropics and then take those components. You can make a quarter gram of psilocybin act like two grams of psilocybin by just potentiating with nootropics. This is not a recommendation. This is just saying, because what we're doing is we're giving you all these valuable precursors to the neurochemicals that you're going to be modulating with those components. And it'll give you a much more expanded experience while not depleting the key neurochemicals because, again, we've got the precursors loaded in there. So you get an amplified experience with less dose. Minimal viable dose is the best dose. With less dose. And you're going to have enough of the neurochemical components to recover later on because you're going to be accelerating that usage of those, right? But you're not going to burn them out now. So now you come out of it and you go, feel great. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, man. Noted. (laughs) I was noticing in your formulations uh, an absence of methylene blue. And that's something that, you know, is becoming increasingly popular as a nootropic. Thank you, Dr. Ted. Yeah. (laughs) Ted's been on the show a few times. And I... Trochi Ted, man. Yeah. And I I love methylene blue for a number of different applications. Um, Is that something you've ever looked at including or playing with? It's it's funny that you asked that because it's now in... Um, coming into a number of our products. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. And um, we're not doing the spray just because. I mean, it's cool. Ted's, <laughs> Ted's got the the ticket. And what we're doing yeah. it. The reason that we're doing it is one. It's a it's a really really powerful uh, monoamine oxidase uh, A inhibitor. There's monoamine oxidase A and B. It's a really powerful monoamine oxidase A inhibitor and a reversible one, meaning that it doesn't stick and then suddenly that enzyme doesn't come back. Um, it does it really well. And it's very long lasting. Takes very little like less than a milligram to be super effective. And some of the, we play, um, we play basically whack-a-mole with the FDA on a regular basis. Right. Is we will have an extract that's been legal for forever. It'll, it'll start going into what they call the gray zone, right? And, and so they'll send us an alert saying, hey, this is going to be, um, we're watching this right now. It's a watch list. And they say, we're watching this right now. A great example of that is um, hordenine. So rye extract called hordenine for some reason, has suddenly gone into the watch list. Hmm. So it's a super effective, super great natural monoamine oxidase inhibitor. And so the, the way for us to address that was to go, okay, cool, FDA, you guys lead, we follow. Um, what we're going to do is we're going to move towards methylene blue as a component to do that instead. Oh, cool. As well as some other stuff. But, yeah, yeah. But it's a, it's a way for us to work through that and continue to get, and it, of course, it also is a performance improvement. We don't do anything that's just a direct replacement or that'll make it worse. Every quarter, we like our products to get about 10% better, um, meaning that we 
look at every formula on a regular basis and go, what could make this better? What new discoveries, molecules? We have like, I think we have nine or 10 new molecules, 12 new molecules that we're implementing into our existing products to make them um, functionally better, experientially better. So every quarter, you're going to see this improvement in the product, not just because you're filling out your intake and feedback forms and we're making it closer to your physiology and neurology, including the changes you make, but also because we have new discoveries that are coming through or our team in Bosnia is saying, hey, guess what we discovered? Wow. Um, you know Masszymes. You know what yeah. Masszymes is. Yeah, the bioptimizers. They're, they're yeah. one of our longtime show sponsors. And I was thinking about this actually yesterday because I took a hand, I ate a bunch of suspect food because I, I just succumbed <laughs> to the cravings. And normally I, I take... I mean, when I'm home, literally, I take a Masszymes with every single meal. And I put it in my morning smoothie. I just empty one in there. Yeah, Yesterday, yeah. I took a whole handful of them. And I was like, I actually think that that's helped my digestion probably more than anything else that I've done. It's just like adding enzymes when yeah. I eat, like or the right enzymes, at least. Right, so yeah, right. Masszymes, huge fan. So Masszymes 4.0 is about to come out. We're finishing up the formulation now. We, over the last year, have have really invested in our Bosnian team to take the components of Masszymes and then look at potentiating elements. Because you know what we do with this stuff is potentiate, right? We take this molecule and say, how do we make it more powerful, more better, last longer, more effective, more bioavailable? That's potentiation. So that you get a, better, a greater benefit from either the same amount or a lesser amount. And we did the same thing with Masszymes and P3OM now and, and Capex and the rest. So it'll be around 250% more powerful, more effective as an enzyme in this next upcoming version. Damn. Isn't that cool? Yeah, that's cool, especially because I'm close to out. I just get a bunch <laughs> of bottles of it and I put it in a big jug so I can just yeah. reach in and grab them and I have to unscrew a little bottle. Hit, hit me hit me um, when we get done with this. I'll, I'll give you my email address. And, All right, cool. And hit me and I'll, I'll put you on my, on my short beta list for people that want to be... I'll do it. I'll do it. Because that's... I. Uh, digestion in general is kind of one of the last frontiers for me. I've fixed so many things in my body and brain over the years, but yeah. digestion is still finicky for me. So I have to definitely have other inputs and other support to make it work right. I'm with you, brother. Yeah. Well, hot damn, dude. I think we covered everything. Thank you for your generosity of time. Sometimes, you know, I, I mean, I had three pages of questions for you and, you know, I can kind of feel some guests waning you know at a certain point because <laughs> i'm just like i never know when i'm going to talk to this person again so i'm going to ask every as we're going question. into stones tunes and yeah where jimmy hendrix are i'm going to ask every question and not just for myself but you know i want to be that podcast where someone listens and they're like ah why didn't he ask him about x y and z like right. i'm trying to think of everything the audience would want to know and I'm glad you were on board to, you know, help me fulfill Dude, this that. Is great. This is yeah. great. So thank you so Plus, much. Plus, I love your spirit. I, I love what you're doing. And, and I think that it, it, you know, it's really hard. Like, I love, I love, you know, Dr. Berg. And I think Hyman is awesome. And I'm huge fan, huge fan of Zach Bush um, and what he's doing with, you know, with surface recovery, right? Soil recovery and those things. And I think that the more your information gets out, the more people can realize that they're not, they're not a victim to circumstance. They're obviously not a victim to the the things that might hold them under like the drugs or or meds or anything else. And the other is that there's a, a powerful route through those things, and there are a bunch of tools available to people. Because I, I didn't know that tools were available. Had I known, had I take really taken a look and said, "Holy shit, I could develop something that would make Tish 
feel better than she does on oxycodone. She did the literal thing where she, um, she went to the doctors and she said, hey, I, I think I've got carpal tunnel. She didn't have carpal tunnel, but it was hard for them to diagnose. Just so that she could get them to slice her open and repair so she could get oxycodone. Oh, that's hardcore. Wow. Shit, man. Oh, man. Yeah, well, I, I appreciate what you guys are doing. And, uh, and I appreciate what I get to do, man. I get to talk to people like you and, and find solutions that are viable and innovative. And it's just amazing. Like, I'm thinking back to the first 10 years I was sober mm-hmm. were so difficult. I mean, my brain was just fried. And I, I try to not live in the past, but I'm like, God, if someone had given me this freaking black box, dude, then... I, you know, I could have had a much easier time and probably been a much better person to those about me as well. It wasn't just that I was suffering. And as a result, I'm sure I was, well, I'm not sure. I know I was an asshole a lot of the time. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was just you, hurting. You know? Oh, yeah. You're broken and, and you don't know how to regulate any of your neurochemicals and, yeah. and cortisol and the rest. I mean, my, you know, my girlfriend will tell me, you need to go take the bike out now or you need to go hit the weights or whatever because that cortisol will build up and I'll suddenly be at this... Uh, because I'm, you know, work because I have this thing I want to accomplish and I'm driven by the reward and, you know, and that this, this I've, I've used, you know, I've used Nectarax to get so many people off of destructive drugs as a, as a, as a component. It may not be the whole solution, but it restores enough of their thinking that they can start thinking clearly and it gives them enough energy that they can start executing well. And if you can do that, there's enough little elements of hope and success that they get that they go you know what this is better than that thing that i used to be you know that owned me yeah i got an idea tell me man we'll take the the um mold infused folgers coffee out of 12-step group meetings <laughs> and we'll make a big a big party jug of nectar x you know and just do oh, a do, do a trial, a great... you know. Get people drinking. All the newcomers drinking that for a while and see what happens. I, I once had a group of people that wanted they. I didn't want to take any investors in my company, but a bunch of people that were my former investors in other companies and other things that I'd done said, "Hey, man, I heard you're doing this weird thing and NZT and Limitless and all that stuff. What is that?" So I brought them together and I gave them cups of of NZT Nectar X. And then I just watched as I'm on stage trying to present, I watched as they came alive. It was so cool. Wow. Because, you know, you see they're easier. And suddenly they're, yeah. they're at this new state. And you're going, all right, I got them. And so I didn't have to, I didn't pitch or anything. I just shared how neurochemicals work. And here's how this works on the brain and stuff. And they said, well, we're in. I don't, I don't want your money. But, but I wanted you to have this experience. Right. They became great customers. So awesome, man. Well, thanks for joining me today. Thank you, brother. I think we've done it. Until next time, take care. Peace out. All right, my fellow humanoids, that's it. And that's all for today's episode. Now, if you were intrigued by Mark's body of knowledge about brains and mental performance, again, I highly recommend checking out his company, Newtopia, for real. Uh, Big fan over here, as you might have guessed from how geeked out I was in this episode. Um, In fact, I took a stack of Newtopia stuff this morning to get myself socially lubricated and uh, hyper-focused for an interview I had earlier today with Daniel Laporte. Uh, which of course you'll find in this feed in the very near future. And the results of this stuff are absolutely quantifiable and real. So not to say everyone needs help in this area. Some of you are probably thinking fine. But for those of you like me who are looking to take it to the next level and be extra, uh, these cats definitely cracked the code. And speaking of code, 
Well, actually, you don't need a code. You can just go to the link newtopia.com slash lukegenius to check this stuff out. And a 10% discount will be automatically applied by just using that link. And if your memory is dodgy because you need some nootropics, you can just click the Nootopia link in your podcast app show notes to go check that stuff out. All right, before we check out a little more housekeeping, as I mentioned in the intro, we've got Modern Nirvana coming up Friday, September 23rd here in Austin, Texas. Uh, Allison and I will be presenting a talk on manifesting your soulmate or something to that effect around conscious relationships And Allison will also be signing copies of her latest book and card deck Animal Power at our shared booth. And I thought, what the hell, I'm going to pack in a grip of my gilded blue blocking glasses and have those on hand for those of you that want to try them on in person. And the other speakers at Modern Nirvana include recent podcast guest Guru Dev, aka Sri Sri Ravi Shankar, founder of The Art of Living, Dave Asprey. Uh, Sadhguru, who will be doing a virtual presentation and incidentally is the only one of the speakers at this event so far that has not been on my podcast. We're also going to have Dr. John Lawrence of MitoZen, Dr. Patrick Porter from BrainTap, uh, Philip from Leela Quantum, and my buddy Ian Mitchell from Wizard Sciences. So this is going to be an extremely lit event. I'm super pumped about this. I haven't done tons of events, obviously, over the past couple of years, but it was kind of my jam there for the first few years of this podcast. I mean, I was speaking in events, I don't know, almost monthly or something there for a few years. So I can't wait to get back out and uh, meet some of you lovely people. Again, to get your tickets, go to modernnirvana.com slash conference. If you use the code, all one word, Luke Allison, that's Allison with the Y, you're going to save 15% off your tickets. And man, I can't wait to meet all of you in real life in the flesh. September 23rd, 2022, here in Austin. And make sure to come say hi and get a hug at our booth while you're there. All right, last bit is next week's episode. It's number 427. It's called Colostrum, Nature's Solution to Autoimmune, Inflammation, Leaky Gut, and More with Dr. Sarah Rahal. I got to say, I've been getting so many questions about autoimmune, about all the things I just said, actually. (laughs) Inflammation, I mean, inflammation is the root of I don't want to say of all evil, but it's the root of many physical challenges. Let's just say that. And um, it's kind of a result of autoimmune. And it all has to do with, it turns out, or at least a vast majority of the root of this issue is not only leaky gut, but leaky everything inside your body. Dr. Sarah has a patent pending on this different type of colostrum that's extracted and very concentrated. And her own personal healing story is bananas. Like the stuff she came back from is wild. And the results she's having uh, in her practice and otherwise using colostrum are very interesting. So I'm excited to bring that episode to you next week because I've been, as I said, using that for a long time. And I'm just kind of, I don't know, waiting for an expert on that niche topic to show up. And lo and behold, she did. And she's amazing. So that's next week's episode number 427. Listen, if you don't want to miss any upcoming episodes, just click the subscribe button on your podcast app. From the way I understand it, each and every week, these episodes will be automatically downloaded to your phone when you take it off airplane mode. Because you should really, well, you shouldn't do anything. What I like to do is keep my phone on airplane mode 90% of the time, which annoys the shit out of my friends and family because I never pick up my phone. But, you know, it's worth it. So take your phone off airplane mode long enough to subscribe to this show and make sure that they're downloaded 
And thank you so much for listening. If you're a longtime listener, I always like to say this at the end of the show, I get kind of sentimental, but man, it's just such a gift to be able to do what I do. I'm so grateful to be able to learn from all these incredible people like Mr. Newts today and uh, Dr. Sarah Rahal next week and just on and on. Every time I book a guest that I've been after and it goes down, uh, my interview today with Danielle Laporte, um, who was, it was her second time appearing on the show, but I'm just sitting there talking to her for two hours going, this is my life. This is amazing. I mean, I'm just constantly expanding my knowledge base and hopefully growing little by little and it means a lot that um, you listeners are there with me for the ride man you know you're there virtually so i only see you at events like modern nirvana or out and about in the world occasionally but um, it just brings me great joy to know that this show is at least having some small impact on some of your lives so from the bottom of my heart thank you so much for listening and i'll be back next week